0: Welcome back to W Rated, the podcast where we watch the world's worst rated movies, with today a very special bonus episode, looking at the first 41st Golden Raspberry Awards for all the films in 2020. Um, my, I am your host, Daisy, and as always, I'm joined by the wonderful podcast co-creator and co-host, Claire. What's up, Claire?
1: How are you going? Hello. I'm all right. Uh, I've got a bottle of prosecco open. Yeah. yeah, we're allowing we're having drinks this time. It's I'm going to look awards. forward to editing this later. Oh
0: god, don't!
1: I know. I curled my hair and put makeup on <gasps> just for the awards. I
0: also have curled hair and makeup on. It's like we're in in Entry. sync. <laughs> in sync with each other. Yeah, well, you know, we don't get to do events. We don't get to go out side much so this is our version of uh making the most of it oh, mind you it's not the it's not quite the oscars but uh
1: well i have also <laughs> come up with the name for our future awards at the end of the year the redemption awards oh that's nice the w-rated redeemers or the w-rated redemption awards or something like that mm-hmm. I that was nice i i agree i like that because it kind of it has
0: more of the spirit of our podcast <laughs> than maybe what The Razzies is all about, which I suppose we'll uh, we'll get into <laughs> in a little bit. Um, so as we've said, this is a very special bonus episode of the podcast. Given the nature of the podcast, looking at the world's worst rated films, we thought that it would be remiss to not acknowledge the awards that happen every year. They are not for the best. They are not for the most popular. They are supposedly for the worst, the sinkers, the Razzies, the Raspberries, whatever you want to call them. Just the plain worst of the year, and they do run. As I, I I will let you correct me if I'm wrong, Claire. They do run from a full 2020 point of view, January to December. They don't do this fancy Oscar season
1: crap. I do believe so. so. Something my brain can comprehend. That's nice, <laughs> but and it makes still, it a lot easier
0: for us watching them as well.
1: They are usually the day before the Oscars, so they're still at the same time as the Oscars. Yes. So
0: yeah, but yeah that I, is definitely um, not by coincidence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: Claire, I know that you've um, you've got a lot of Razzies or Golden Raspberry Award uh, sort of history and trivia and information. So, it would be great if you could share it with me and the listeners tell us a little bit about what this what this award what these awards are and, and sort of where they come from and, and why they're still around i guess
1: if you have a theory yes. about that <laughs> history corner with claire um, yeah. a lot of this is taken from a bbc culture article that came across my twitter feed three days ago perfect Ooh, timing very timely. and so i will share that with everyone because it's a really interesting article as well so they started in 1981 by a guy who still runs them today called John J.B. Wilson, um, who went to see Xanadu, which I believe is an Olivia Newton-John film. And he was so, he started a double bill of another film and he thought both films were so shit that he was really annoyed that like, <laughs> no one was telling them how shit they were. Um, And he felt like he wanted vindication to be like, these are terrible movies. And so he did a regular Oscar party with his mates. So he Mm -hmm. told all his mates about it and they all voted on the night when they were watching the Oscars for what they would put as the worst movies. Um, And then after they all watched the Oscars together, he then like stood up and did like a little pretend (laughs) speech. Um, And they quite liked it so it kind of grew from there and it got a little bit bigger every year and they started to promote it a little bit and then so he like told press about it because he said that there's so much press in hollywood around that time because they're all waiting for the oscars that by doing it the night before the oscars it gives reporters something to talk about um Mm. and so it kind of got wind and they became much bigger because of a horrible gentleman called bill cosby uh who we do yeah that face we do not like him um because he was nominated in 1988 and he said if he was going to be nominated for an award and he was going to win the award he wanted the damn statue he was like, I want the trophy. <laughs> if I am winning an award, I want a trophy. So um, they teamed up with one of the late night shows in America and had an actual gold-plated trophy made, and they presented it to Bill Cosby on the show. I believe he won three. Um, and so from there, it's got like much bigger. Halle Berry and Sandra Bullock being the two most famous people to accept their awards. Sandra Bullock the night that. before. She won her Oscar. Amazing. And plenty of other kind of com- um, actors kind of get in on the joke. And like we'll tweet about it on social media and stuff like yeah. that. But it does upset other people. Eddie Murphy shied away from being in a film for something like five years because he started to be nominated for so many Razzies. Mm. He did say in an interview, I believe in 2019, that that was one of the reasons why he didn't he hadn't really? done a film in so long. He's like, I started to be nominated for Razzies, so I stopped. Someone like Eddie
0: Murphy as well, that really surprises me that it affected him in that way.
1: I think yeah, it does, but then you I guess if you're a comedian, you you know, he I I might I imagine he started in the stand up world, um as most of the comedians of his kind of era did. Mm. You go with what the audience wants and you create And if you know that you're
0: not delivering, then Yeah go and have a good think about what you've done, I guess.
1: Another fascinating, so Alan Menken, one of the greatest composers of all time, if you're Mm -hmm. unaware, he did the music for Aladdin, Little Mermaid, I believe Tangled, uh, Princess and a Frog, he does other stuff other than Disney, but I mean, guys, Little Mermaid, Aladdin. (laughs) Um, But he is a very uh, fancy man who has an EGOT, which if anyone doesn't know, it's an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar and a Tony, and they're very, very hard to get. The man The man He actually Is one of the only people To have a Regot Because he also <gasps> Has a golden resi I love that I didn't even know I didn't even think That that was Wow,
0: well, I didn't even think It was possible
1: Like He coined the, the term f- himself Yeah he got it for Newsies Which uh, is available On Disney Plus I have not watched it yet But I'm a big musical fan So I want to give mm. it a go um, yeah So he is a proud owner Of a regot Have there been I don't know if
0: you'll know this Off to the top of your head But have there been Many musical Awards for the, In the Razzies Because there isn't anything Related to music and this one right
1: so to vote in the Razzies you, anyone can do it anyone can sign up and be a member of the Golden Razzies and membership mm-hmm. start at 40 and go up to I believe $500 maybe more um, I've not written the actual prices down I just remembered $40 mm-hmm. um, and they have roughly um, 1,100 members and they're given a short list but they can also do writing so I wonder if the year mm. that there were musical elements it was a writing because some of them some of the categories change every year yeah, And there's some like a them- special
0: one that seems to there's like a bonus one that seems to just just relevant for something mm-hmm. particularly notable that year
1: yeah um, and I read a different um, a blog post from someone who signed up to be a member of the Razzie's a few years ago and they said that you get to pick five nominees in every category so the short, the lists must be quite long And but you can also do complete write-ins because they were saying that for the best remake, sequel and um, rip-off they were doing five write-ins for that category and they were just listing every single Disney remake of that year Oh, <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Um, So, yeah, there is so... I mean, there's the kind of dark side like we were talking about, Mm. Eddie Murphy, um, in this BBC Culture article they did kind of point like, you know, is it mean spirited? You know, is it fair to pick out an actor or actress who does a good job in a bad movie? Because just because the movie's bad doesn't mean yeah. that they, all are, are, they are a bad actor or actress. Um, and so the quote they came back with was, the actors all have a choice. And I assume they all read the script before they said yes. So they have to take some of the blame and if they were offended by what was going on around them on set why didn't they say something to their to the director what we're really saying is you've shown us you can do better stuff so why are you in cats why are you in battlefield earth which <laughs> i don't know how much i agree with that because no. if i'm Gen- like if i'm jennifer hudson i've not seen cats fyi i'll see it at some point for the joy of the podcast oh, i cannot
0: wait for you but, to see cats
1: Oh, um, if I'm Jennifer <laughs> Hudson, I'm an amazing, astounding actress, an amazing and astounding singer, and I'm told we would like you to be in a film version of award-winning show Cats mm-hmm. with Oscar-winning director Tom Hooper, who made mega Oscar awards thing Les Mis. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's yes, no brainer. No brainer. Like, I knew that Cats was going to be bad. Again, I haven't seen it. But I knew cats is gonna be bad because when they put Jennifer Hudson singing memory in the trailer, I was like, no, that's that's your like Magnum Opus. That's so like the best song in the show, she's your best performer. If you have to put that in your trailer, right. you've not got you've fucked it up, basically. That, <laughs> that's the reason people are gonna go and see it, is for Jennifer yeah, Hudson singing right. memory. I mean, that
0: did take away like that anticipation for that moment. Like, I don't know a lot about the musical but I know mm, that I moment
1: I've seen I've seen the music on stage and I was really disappointed and really didn't like it and I was so annoyed because I've been looking forward I missed it in its original run it came back to London for a short period and um, sometime in like I think 2014 2013 um, and I went to see it with a friend and I was so excited to see it but as I play it makes absolute no fucking sense there's no story <laughs> there's no story so like <laughs> I I don't get why anyone would want to do a film remake of it, but like if you were Jennifer Hudson and you have that much power and you so really get an opportunity to be in musicals, of course you're going to sign up for Tom Hooper's Cats. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And she's doing her job. She doesn't know what the hell they're going to go do to her in CGI. Oh, well, I think and she, I expect, she signed a contract. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the a lot of the
0: issues from Cats seem to be a. N- not so much of a pre-production issue a principal photography post-production issue mm. What's that and that's not to, do to do say i don't
1: actors? i don't think the fault was with the vfx c- people either i think they were asked to do something that was virtually oh. impossible and i think they oh, did yeah. and i've definitely read
0: quotes from from i can't remember who and, and what it specifically said but it alluded to the fact that what they were like you say what they were asked to do is impossible and they did what mm-hmm. they could
1: yeah um but yeah that's so that's not the actor's fault you know an actor is one cog in a part, and so yeah it is interesting you know that thing of like oh if you're not happy on set say something to the director well i think we're all aware of some of the dark shit that goes on on movie yeah. sets <laughs> like, and also I- like i just don't i think that's a bit of a
0: weird pa- like power of responsibility to put on mm-hmm. someone just because they're the face of it yeah. like we we Because of the simple act of, because we are dumb, dumb humans, (laughs) the fact that what we see on screen are the actors and actresses, we put so much weight onto them because of the idea of we can see them. Mm -hmm. We know who Mm -hmm. they are. We know what their names are and celebrity culture. Somehow they are the driving force of these things. No, 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 no. The driving force of these things is the studios that make all the money from it. Yeah. Like, even to the point where it's not even the director, it's whatever is funding it and mm-hmm. whatever is putting it out into the industry, that's mm-hmm. really what the thing is there. But it's interesting, I didn't know that they said that quote about the actors and actresses. And it makes sense mm-hmm. given the films that I've watched for this year with some of the nominations, I think, because I was watching them going, this isn't a bad performance, it's a bad film.
1: yeah. And but I mean we we've talked about it even when we did the I know who killed me episode where I kept saying like but why on earth did Lindsay Lohan take this movie so in some way I have put the blame on her in that part but I also would nominate her for an award and it is yeah. just the in- it is also the interesting thing of like you say like there's one of the nominations this year that I'm genuinely furious about because that film is goddamn terrible but the person that has been nominated from that film was the only redeeming feature of the film so I'm really mad that they've been nominated I'm and I will... so excited to hear what that is <laughs> there will be a rant later on <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Claire's rants. <laughs> we should have a little jingle <laughs> gosh <laughs> um,
1: there's other I've read some other articles there was um an article from the guardian in 2018 who talked about similar things that it's they seem to have a need to blanket nominate every element of a film without yes. rewarding those who try to salvage something decent and they mm. mentioned someone who has been nominated this year and um, but this is for a previous nomination so they said they're talking about zoolander 2 and the fact that zoolander 2 was bad but they gave Kristen Wiig a support... a worst Supporting Actress award. And they... whereas this article describes her as incredibly funny and st- scene-stealing in that film. Mm. So it's like, just because Sue 2 was bad, Kristen Wiig gave a performance of a, you know... Yeah. Which, guys this might be foreshadowing for my rant later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, right, okay, so this is, that's what I haven't seen, so that's
0: why ah. I didn't, it didn't click.
1: Yeah, um, but yes, yeah, so it's very interesting that that has happened to Christine Wig twice um, and then, you know, some of these bad films have gone on to have much longer lives than the great films that win the Oscars that year, mm. Showgirls being the, the biggest, um, Showgirls won seven awards at the Razzies but has now, you know, had an entire industry and in reclamation, it's like a massive, kind of midnight screening show it's Mm. had loads of special editions and blu-ray it's had a stage show production and this guardian article points out that same year a beautiful mind won the oscar does anyone remember a beautiful mind does anyone talk about a beautiful mind because people remember and talk about showgirls yeah because i watched
0: a beautiful mind when i was like a young teenager i think Mm. it might have been one that my dad had on dvd and like my dad is very much an influence on the kind of film tastes that I have. Mm-hmm. um He had a massive collection of films, and I never really thought of him as a film buff. But now I think mm-hmm. back, I sort of go, oh, actually, it's interesting how all of my stories seem to come from. My dad had this DVD, like, and I watched it mm-hmm. as a kid, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I watched it as a teenager, and I definitely re, I've definitely rewatched it two or three times since and I love a beautiful mind mm. I'm one of these people that the, the schlocky on the nose stuff works for unfortunately but at mm-hmm. least I'm enjoying myself but I always wondered why people didn't talk about it and now that you've said that I'm like oh right so it was like a universal thing that people just kind of like didn't really care much for it um yeah, and then in did. comparison you had something like showgirls which people <laughs> like as you say people would still talk about
1: that's I've not seen a beautiful mind I actually have no idea what it's even about but there is always those kind of Oscary films where they mm. come and they go, and no one ever thinks about them ever well, again. So this is
0: this is what is interesting. Obviously, we said that we were going to talk about our feelings about the Razzies. But then I, I think there's a good and bad side to both the Razzies, but also things like the Oscars, which is mm. what a lot of people are talking about at the moment. Um, we'll go into sort of more on the Razzies, but just while we're on the Oscars, I think that's a good example of maybe what's kind of happening this year as well, is mm. that, you know, these specific films have been nominated and that's not to say that they don't deserve it. But there's a lot of people sort of going, has anyone else actually seen these? So people are, well, man, there is that thing of, <laughs> Can <laughs> we just stop for a minute, man
1: <laughs> It's Oscar bait and it's so on the nose now. I love now. films like, about old Hollywood, and I could not tell you how much less of a shit I could give about Mank. I just can't be bothered to I watch was, it.
0: I was like, it was like beer goggles for me with Mank because it was the, the time I got to go back to the cinema in December that one time. Uh, so I was so enamoured with the fact that I was in a cinema watching like a film mm-hmm. about <laughs> cinema. I was just like, I thought I liked it. <laughs> and but when Seyfried. was the last
1: time, other than Amanda Seafried getting an Oscar nomination, has anyone discussed Mank since the week? end it came out
0: well quite like that I think the people were talking about that uh, issue with like the whole fact that it was released on Netflix at the same time Mm -hmm, and -hmm. how and this is going way off topic but the discourse around things being dropped on Netflix with films, but then also with things being dropped on Netflix as TV shows as, as a whole season is that the mm. discourse around them just dissipates so incredibly so quickly. quickly. And mank, <laughs> I think, whether that's fortunate or unfortunate, depending on whether you liked it or not, that's exactly what happened to that because not everyone in the whole country even got to go to the cinema to see that. Um mm-hmm or felt comfortable more more importantly Mm -hmm. even if the cinemas Mm -hmm. were open so I do think going back to my point about the Oscars that there is this it's it's a it's a it's a club of people Mm -hmm. that know what they want to pick it's corrupt in many ways and it kind of if you're saying that these these Razzie awards are being spirited it's kind of like in my opinion at least it's anyone can join and anyone can vote and it's by 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 agreed by agreed committee, as opposed yeah. to a certain group of people, which I don't know how diverse they are now, but I'm imagining they haven't made too much of a too mm-hmm. much of a good, a good enough direction in the other way. And it's always the same kind of films. They are not open minded in the slightest to what they. At least these guys take down the trash and the highly regarded at the same time. If they don't <laughs> like, do <laughs> I mean they've got some uh what's the word i'm looking for integrity
1: (laughs) even if it is even if it is (laughs) mean-spirited and it is one of the few kind of positive things you do read about it online is the fact that anyone can join there's no it's just an upfront payment and then you can join and you can vote it's a lot more ethical in those respects to something like the golden globes which has had a lot of drama this year Mm. and because they are messed up um, and yeah, like one of the criticisms in this Guardian article was the fact that they blanket nominate like all the films. But then when you look at the Oscars and the Golden Globes, they do the same thing. For films yes. nominated for Best Picture, it gets nominated for actor, actress, supporting, for script, music. And so I think
0: that's a human issue where people have a, ven- a vendetta and an agenda when it comes to these things. Yeah. Rather than sitting down and thinking, who do I think was the worst actress in a role mm-hmm. this year they just think about oh what bad films okay well katie holmes is in two bad films so let's stick her in kind of thing yeah. mm-hmm. and, and it, that's like, that is yeah annoying i'm
1: a member <laughs> of the um film independent so I'll get to vote in the Independent Spirit Awards this year I'm very mm-hmm. excited um, but like Promising Young Woman is 100% my favourite film of this year it's already gone in as a five star <laughs> film I've already watched it wait three it. times so I utterly love it um, I'm probably going to watch it again before I write my proper review because it's finally got a UK release date yes um, <laughs> oh my god I actually <laughs> freaked out about that because I've been yeah. waiting for this film so since lovely. I saw the
0: first trailer and I was like this is supremely yeah. my shit
1: yeah yeah, um, and so I get to I get to vote in the Independent Spirit Awards, and I will be voting for promising young women in every single category it's nominated <laughs> in, because. To me, it's a perfect film. Like, yeah. I can see tiny flaws and I can completely understand. I've listened to and read other people's issues with it and I do understand them. I just don't mm. care. Um, but so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just as bad as those people because there's other films like ne- um, Never Really, Sometimes, Always and Sound of Metal that are also nominated that I'm like, they deserve awards too. But I'm like, oh, no, Emerald Fennell's there. Oh, Carrie Mulligan's there. Oh, right. yeah, this one's there. I'm like, I can't stop myself because I'm like, I just want this film. To have every accolade you could throw at it.
0: And Ken, can, you can't really blame you for doing that because, with something that's that's subjective. Mm. Like, and that's the
1: thing. So that's I the think, difficulty of it. And so we can't be mad at the Razzies for doing that when every single award show <laughs> exactly. does it. Uh, Exactly. People are to blame. People are the problem.
0: <laughs> I mean, I've been saying this for a little while and <laughs> I think it's true. News flashed. People are the problem.
1: But yeah, that's pretty much, you know, my main... The only other kind of real kind of interesting thing I found from the articles was the thing of, you know, is there still a point of the Razzies when we have Twitter and social media? Now we get such quick reactions after screenings of films and people immediately share how terrible they think a film is. Do we need something almost a year later celebrating the bad when we've been doing that all year on Twitter? Which... Mm. Again, that's that's an awards issue. I don't think that's a Razzie's issue because we no, all talk about I how much so. we I, love a film.
0: Not everyone's on Twitter. I know it, it know, I know it feels like that when you're on there, but mm-hmm. I think it's a bit vain to assume that because you're bored of hearing about it, that everyone else is as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not really... Yeah. Yeah. My mum loves an awards show. She's not on social media, thank God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear yeah no it's an, it's definitely an interesting one and I think in terms of the mean-spirited comment like I get it and I think I was I don't know about you but I was kind of like mm, do we really want to give this give this platform another platform because <laughs> like we get it like I, lo- I know a lot of people on Twitter sort of saying like people saying what their worst thing is the worst thing is that we don't want that kind of energy
1: mm. but I think
0: it makes sense for us to talk about it in the way that we talk about the films that we talk about, right? So it's not, yeah. we're not here to just be like, yeah, we're so excited for to shit on all these films. We've watched these films to see, to kind of evaluate what these guys are thinking and mm-hmm. also whether they're, they're right in the same way that people watch what's nominated for an Oscar to see if it's as good as everyone else is saying and I have to say at least with us the bar is set very low (laughs) and uh, actually we cannot be disappointed because we're already disappointed so uh, I think who's the winners here really us I think well a lot of people would argue against that considering the torture we put ourselves through but you know we are here to entertain
1: it's been a rough week it's been an interesting (laughs) one it's been an interesting one how many have you watched of this year's nominees claire i have seen nine of the nominated films this year um i am missing out on a few there are a few that neither of us have seen as well yeah Um, but i've done my best i watched (laughs) there was only there were two that i gave up on the rest i watched
0: (laughs) okay uh we'll wait to see what those are when we go through um i have seen so it's out of 23 Mm -hmm. i have seen 12 so i've seen just over half so i'm pretty pretty pleased with that and in terms of like what's actually available bearing in mind i am not going to pay extra for Mm -hmm. any of these films um so by my my uh, purchase streaming subscriptions only, there were 15 and I watched 12 of them.
1: Yes, so I would say this. So, um, with recording this at the end of March, there were five films nominated that were only available to pay to watch video on demand, and there were three films that I could not find available in the UK whatsoever mm-hmm. one of which i had happened to see already but so there mm-hmm. were three that were completely unavailable and then five that were unavailable unless we were willing to pay and, and we are not you. <laughs> <laughs> many, but if maybe maybe if there
0: wasn't so many that were available on streaming service but the fact that there was so many to get through and we didn't even get through them all
1: anyway it just seemed a bit silly to seven films were on netflix they weren't all netflix originals and uh, but seven of the films were Netflix Netflix. doing a lot of work
0: there. Um what's interesting as well is that this obviously, you know, twenty twenty, not a usual year for film. Usually the you have to have a cinema release to be nominated, I believe, because I know that because of the pandemic and the cinema closings, this as well as the some other awards have allowed films director streaming mm-hmm. services to be valid for nomination so i think that massively helped in terms of what was available as well
1: mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean um netflix films aren't eligible because netflix are real sneaky and just like release their films in one cinema for a week they, so that sneaky. they, can take they the just know the box. system but they see the system hey, and they go nice yeah i'm gonna play that it meant i got to see uncut gems in a cinema so like fair play to them because that yeah. was a film that deserved cinema so jealous
0: about that i did not go and see it in the cinema and i also
1: and got to was... see the uh, disney pixar film soul in the cinema for the same reason oh so, like one of God, very few really people rubbing it in now what did i see mank <laughs> 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 great <laughs> cool
0: okay so we've seen a hefty chunk of these so i feel like we've we've got some things to say. We've got some things that we want to say about this. So the way we thought would be best to go about this is that there are a few... Of these films that have received, well, one or two of them received quite a lot of nominations. Because they have received so many nominations, it makes more sense for us to have a chat about all of them as one. Keep keep focused. So I'm very excited to announce that not one, but two films have received a whopping six nominations for the Razzies um, this year. The films in question are 365 Days, and Doolittle. Now, I'll just quickly read out what they've been. Well, let's start with 365 Days and then we can uh, get into that, clear. because I know that's a fresh watch for you. <laughs> <laughs> so 365 Days has been nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Director for Barbara, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this, so it's Bia Loas and, and Thomas yeah. Mendez, Um Worst Actor for Michelle Moron, Worst Actress for Ana Maria Siet. Siak Luka? Is it see Luka? Maybe, we'll see. It's also been nominated for the most awfully named uh, award ever, Worst Prequel Remake Ripoff or Sequel, um, <laughs> for a, as a ripoff of Fifty Shades of Grey. And then Worst <laughs> <laughs> worst Screenplay. Oh, yeah, it says, yeah, Worst Screenplay um, from Thomas Klimala and Barbara Bial- Bialoas and Thomas Mandes and Blanca Lapinska. <laughs> Based on the novel by Blanca Lipinska, so the 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 novel writer was involved in the screenplay. Dear God, okay. (laughs) So three hundred and sixty five days is actually on the one hundred worst rated film so we don't want to go mm-hmm. into too 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 much detail we're going to do it we're going to do an episode on it but Claire mm-hmm. as someone who has recently I watched it last year because it was top of the most popular list and I like to last year I liked to just watch what was popular at the time mm-hmm. at the, on the Friday night I was like right what's most popular on IMDb let's go for it I'm such an oh. IMDb ho it's ridiculous <laughs> like please follow me anyway <laughs> um and I was Oh, it was a journey. So I really want to know what you thought. Please take it away. How much
1: detail can I go into? Because we are <laughs> going to do an episode on this very, very soon. Let's because... just do a like,
0: summary of like, what we thought. Fo- because it is nominated for Worst uh, Picture. So as a whole, obviously, it's been nominated for Director. So maybe let's have a chat about the film as a whole. Okay, so um, and the two leads. And the fact that it's a rip-off of Fifty
1: Shades, maybe? I personally... Believe one of these nominations is justified. I go do on. believe that the screenplay is oh. terrible, baby girl, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Are you
0: lost, baby girl?
1: <laughs> yes. How men, many times did he say that? Men, no woman ever wants to be called baby girl. And if you're a woman that likes to be called baby girl, I, I'm very sorry for you. You might need to see someone. As someone who Get sees someone, you need to go to. <laughs> Come with me. <laughs>
0: Are you there last baby girl! It's just like my favorite. Oh, I just oh, and
1: he just kept saying it. <laughs> Cringe. <laughs> oh, oh, I haven't bought my podcast notebook in because I've got lots of notes for it for when we do the full episode. Because I wrote, like, it's my second most written about film for when I've done my notes. <laughs> wow
0: yeah well it's kind of good that you haven't got it with you then so it's like all top lining you can go into the yeah. real nitty-gritty of it next time but there
1: were i had some real real uh, issues with the language used what mm. they meant when they were talking so like yes <laughs> the screenplay 100 yeah. percent, is a terrible Shocking. terrible screenplay um actor and actress they weren't good it's what I will say. No. They, they, they were, were basically good. models, right? They had good chemistry, though, in fairness. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt an attraction. They were both good looking and they looked hot together. And, like, fair play to the sex montage. Like,
0: Yeah, I was- mean, like, yeah fair play to them for like being willing to do that and take it seriously mm-hmm. and look mm-hmm. that great while doing it like yeah i think if we're gonna if it was just the sex scenes i'd be like nah you're good you're fine but yeah. it was the you yeah. know the
1: rest of it that
0: wasn't wasn't great Which with the acting. was when they were <laughs> delivering
1: well it was when they were delivering dialogue to bring me back to it being ah, a bad screenplay so
0: therefore <laughs> no you're right because i think the way that they held themselves and the characterization of you know he was meant to be this mafia guy and and she mm-hmm. was this well. She she was a businesswoman, wasn't she? She she was very sort yeah. of like harsh and like calculating and stuff. So you know they did they did hold hold those characters very well. But the the things that were coming out of their mouth,
1: mm-mm. no thanks. Um, worst picture. It definitely wouldn't be in my top five worst pictures of twenty twenty. I have five other films I would prefer. I don't I don't have the list of all five, though I could find them very quickly. Um, I was going to say, I, I, I'm i suddenly thinking, oh, what a five, because I did like a whole ranking. I know my bottom two um, of my heart, but 365 days wouldn't make my bottom of the year. Um, worst director. Oh, it's the now, made the bottom five for me. I've just oh. looked. Interesting. <laughs> so worst director. Now the problem is... If we're talking about just what I watched, I thought the direction was amazing. If we're talking about direction of a music video or a perfume advert, give that man awards. That was yeah. one of the best looking music video perfume adverts I've ever seen. As it's soon as you said to me,
0: yeah, as soon as you said to me, it looked amazing. I was like, I was thinking to myself, yeah, it looked
1: like a music video, like an extended yeah. music video so like it's not safe for work one if we're talking about direction of a film there are some issues if we're talking about just direction in general the man has an eye like Mm. oh the man and woman the pair they have eyes like they know how to make eyes (laughs) they know how to make (laughs) things look beautiful it's just that yeah maybe not maybe not that in the film world maybe maybe we pay them to make perfume adverts about music uh, videos because I mean, they, just they, they know what they're doing
0: where, where they've come from because sometimes film directors do come from the music mm-hmm. video world and mm-hmm. it makes sense given the way that the sex scenes and the just the, the wordless inter- mm-hmm. like chemistry and stuff work so well mm-hmm. but it's when they mm-hmm. open their mouths yeah. was the issue
1: yeah. A bit um, um, and then, for risk of ruining our episode on it, I think I'm gonna stop myself there. Daisy, okay, okay. do you wanna do you wanna say anything else about it? Well, I
0: mean, I largely, yeah. I mean, I largely agree with you. To be honest, agreed. I don't want to go into too much detail of the of the plot and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, I have just looked at my 2020 ranks list, and I mean, I am looking at it on Letterbox so. I, I did it as I went. So this isn't, mm-hmm. oh no, I did it. I did do it at the end of the year. I did, uh, apologies. I did do it at the end of the year. Um, so this is just for obviously from what I've seen, there could have been worse things out there, but this did make number five, uh, uh, fifth from the bottom. So it's definitely okay. not the worst. I think it was very disjointed in terms of my enjoyment of, I enjoyed the second half, but didn't enjoy the first half, which is probably why it is so low. But yeah, I largely agree with everything we've just discussed. And then in terms of like, obviously it's been nominated for, the worst in this case rip-off or remake mm-hmm. now I'm assuming neither of us have read the novel
1: <laughs> no and I have also never seen Fifty Shades of Grey or neither read the Fifty Shades I. of Grey novel
0: neither have I and do you know what
1: I'm interested
0: actually if I'd have the similar issue that I'd have with Vampire Suck with in terms of not thinking the original source material is cringy anyway (laughs) like (laughs) kind of like if you're just going to remake the same thing then I'm going to find that cringy too uh so yeah so I'm not I'm not quite sure I can weigh in too much on on that um that aspect of it but yeah largely agreed with and it I have to say it makes sense that it's got quite a lot of nominations because I did feel like it got a lot of backlash on Twitter but that was more from um from a content perspective, which I'm sure we'll go into more.
1: Yeah, looking at my bottom of the year, it definitely wouldn't make it get. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. the oh, stuff
0: bottom of the year, actually. Yeah, we, we could do when that we, at when the we end. Get there.
1: But I'm trying to figure out. I enjoyed it more than the Kate Winslet Saoirse Ronan film *Ammonite*. Oh, see, I haven't seen that either,
0: so I can't even
1: look way in but one one maybe had better dialogue but one looked a lot better and one had a lot <sighs> more chemistry and it was the one that people were saying is the best and the only thing that pleases me is that ammonite has almost entirely been missed out of the old mm. circuit um because as i wanted to write in my review of it but i restrained myself. It's a wet squid of the film. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here first.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have to say, it's not one that I'm itching, I'm mm. not chomping at the bit to watch that one, I have to say. It does look quite dry and boring. Um, but, you know, I'll try not to judge a book, a book by its cover, in this case, a film by its trailer. <laughs> um, cool. Now, the other film that has six... Nominations is one that I can go in a little bit harder on. <laughs> Doolittle. Have you seen Doolittle? So I
1: have not seen Doolittle. <gasps> so I will tell you what I know about Doolittle from okay. mostly Mark Commode, because he reviewed it at the start of last year and then he also rebuilt it up in his worst of the year. Mark Commode fucking hated Doolittle. Like got with taste. a burning passion he hated that mm. film so what mm-hmm. i know is that robert downey jr does a welsh accent that isn't very good that it looks like almost all of the film the sound was recorded separately and added <laughs> into the film afterwards and you were just nodding and laughing um, <laughs> And and there is a dragon and the dragon has a lot uh, of fart jokes i don't um, even
0: want to go there
1: But what I will also say in its defence is we have a uh, girl I'm friends with on Twitter. She follows, uh, she listens to the, she enjoyed our Flintstones episode, uh, Mel. She is a fan of Doolittle and she doesn't understand. She thinks it's unfair that it's been nominated for the Razzies. Um, She's posted a few times because her argument, which having not seen it, but I can understand her argument, is it's not made for us. It's not made for adults. It's very clearly a kids' film. And mm-hmm. just because Robert Downey Jr. is in it, everyone assumed it was meant to be this like big epic film for kids and adults to both enjoy. Sure. And she's like, guys, this is made for like five year olds. Although like... I would argue that as a five year old, I would not have enjoyed it. <laughs>
0: Do you know what I mean? Because the issue is, is that they have they they might not have made it into this big epic adventure that families will enjoy young and old, but it certainly looked like they tried. Mm-hmm. They oh, just they, failed at it. <laughs> I
1: haven't seen it, but I've seen... I don't think she's, you know, little with the best film in the world, but she is quite firm Definitely. on the fact that it has been unfairly mm. pissed on. No, I like um, to hear about this stuff. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to well, shout out because I, I appreciate her defence of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen it. They're my only impressions. Is her celebration or, or her kind of... Um, defense, 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 defense. Her yeah. defense of it, and Mark commodes vicious, vicious hatred of it. So Daisy, yeah, I think I'm siding more with Mark.
0: To be honest with
1: you, <laughs>
0: and that's not for clout, Mark. If you're listening, that's not because I want to be best buds or anything. I just think that I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> before I go into that though, six nominations. So worst picture, worst director for Stephen uh, gagin worst mm-hmm. actor for Robert Downey Jr., and then <laughs> worst. Uh, This is essentially a remake. Worst screenplay, Stephen Gagan, Dan Gregor, Doug Mand, and based on the character by Hugh Lofting. And worst screen combo for Robert Downey Jr. and his utterly unconvincing Welsh accent, which I will flat out tell you now, I didn't even know he was trying to do Welsh. (laughs) I had no idea what he was trying to do with his voice, to be honest with you, but I was mesmerized with what he was attempting to do. That was the one thing I think that held my concentration and and just the bizarreness of what i was watching basically it seemed like a cobbled together version of something where they had tried to do as you have sort of mentioned that it isn't they've tried to do this big epic thing because you know they've got robert downey jr they've Mm -hmm. got this amazing tech now where they could do all the cgi with the animals they want to make it really grounded and like you know but what's happened is Somewhere down the line, they've been able to be like, well, we can't do that. We don't, I reckon it was a marketing thing where they were like, we don't have the the marketing budget. This, we've tested it with audiences. Let's just go in a different direction. And it feels like it's been recut, which is why it doesn't feel like a good film because it feels like it's been recut into something, which is for kids, but with content that wasn't necessarily made for that
1: kind of film. So as you were saying that, it You've was like <laughs> it was like you set off an alarm in my brain i remembered it. it must have been one of the podcasts i listened to it there was a lot of production issues there were a lot of production issues and um, so i found this article on the playlist.net and basically at some point in 2019 which was before the film was released apparently a, an alleged crew member went mental on reddit and started like laying into how bad a film it was to make I don't have the full <laughs> reddit post these are just some comments that are taken from this article um, the theplaylist.net and the it's called alleged do Little crew member pens epic rant about troubled production and batshit director Stephen Gagan. so these are their choice quotes taken from the rant it was deep in production hell last year they started filming scenes before they had even planned where the animation animals would be standing it was notes wrote the disgruntled crew member syntax and spelling errors kept intact and then the batshit director went and got fired which was a little too late after his insane outburst and subsequent banning from setting foot into both the lead concept department and the lead pre-visual animation department the rant continued then he demanded that the pre-visual department be fired because we can figure it out on the day Yes, Stephen. Oh. You can figure out where five class animated characters plus Robert Downey Jr. are standing when you have 30 individual camera shots to film on a Monday morning, you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> <laughs> the- um, yeah, quite a lot of Oh, I will. I have found the full rant. Um, so I will share it with you, Daisy, and we will post this when this episode goes live because I'm not going to read it all now cause it's quite long. Um, but there is also another article that says Robert Downey Jr.'s Dr. Doolittle brings on filmmakers Jonathan Liebesman and Chris McKay to oversee extensive reshoots. So... Ooh. Okay. Sounds like shit went down. Oh, there you
0: go. There you go. Like... <laughs> I just, I don't want to toot my own horn, but you could just, I just know a thing or two. When I watch a film, I'm like, this shit ain't right. Like, this is the. this is bad and i it's bad because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing
1: <laughs> <laughs> well clearly he didn't because yes like I think yeah, well, that do
0: you know what that makes me feel so relieved that it wasn't them thinking that this was good and that it was more of a this is what we've been we've managed to cobble together to get to the release date on time
1: it's been a bad couple of years for like VFX departments like we've already mentioned cats um, and how you know not fair to the people that were involved in cats there was the <laughs> Sonic debacle um which you know that was
0: the one (laughs) not the one time but one of the most amazing times to be alive on the internet on twitter was to see that play out
1: that was
0: a a moment
1: there's that whole conspiracy that it was a press stunt and i'm like i really actually don't think it was um i don't don't know speaking as a pr (laughs) yeah i don't
0: think prs would want to put them and put their clients through hell like that yeah no, um,
1: sir. And so you've got those two, and then you've got this poor film where apparently on set the director's like, "Oh, we'll just figure out out in post." It's like if ninety percent of your film is animated characters, like animated animals, you want to fucking figure out where those tennis balls should <laughs> be. <laughs> 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 where well, the tennis balls should be. Well, that's how they I was emotionally... gonna say. I was
0: going to say, well, do you know what's interesting here? It's you know where these these uh, directors getting these jobs but I mean Tom Hooper is you know louded he's got many many nominations so you know
1: yeah but he had never really done anything on that scale like Tom no. Hooper was not the right man to be doing something that involved that much VFX okay, look so at my le- point stands yeah.
0: unqualified people for the job
1: yeah like Perhaps. Tom when you look at Les Mis and then you look at Cats they couldn't be more different yes they're both musicals but just because you know how to direct a musical doesn't mean you know how to direct every single musical <laughs>
0: i mean you're not wrong where's the lie <laughs> yeah um so well, that's my catchphrase i've said it again every time i say fair play now i think there she goes off oh, she goes it's mine is absolutely it's the most mine. boring catchphrase in the world they're fair play you could not get more average than fair play i need to change it up guys if you're listening and you have an idea for what i can say instead of fair play please give me an inspiration so too little (laughs) (laughs) too little yeah i mean i don't necessarily think that robert downey jr's performance was bad even with the accent about the accent but like look accents are accents no one is like the the be all and end all like expert of this no one's gonna sit there and go this isn't an accent that's for like true to what he do Like everyone's got a different accent, so I'm not going to. I mean,
1: a lot of us say that. I say that all the time. I got really mad if it. <laughs> One of my second worst films, 2020, yeah. was mostly because of the terrible accent. What was it? Uh, how to build a girl. Beanie Feldstein. I love you, but what the fuck were you doing trying to do a Northern British accent? Well, see, okay, so here's the thing. As some, unless
0: it's you, unless it's your accent, I think mm-hmm. maybe I'm like that could that could be, okay you're telling me that's a welsh accent <laughs> i can't prove against that i think However, a lot of welsh people did did argue welsh against it
1: oh, <laughs> i'm um, with
0: them then the issue is, is that i sat there and i went why is he speaking like that and what does it mean why is it like this why are you the way that you are and um, so it's more the accent and yeah um I mean, so I think more he should win more for the the screen combo of We're him and his combo. accent more than the actor mm-hmm. uh, Nom. However, the um, the screenplay. I know I've just admitted that I'm very much um, the the target market for for very cheesy kind of <laughs> on the nose saccharine kind of stuff. But oh, this is this this was too much. It was just <laughs> it was played very straight. In, a, in amongst jokes about robert well it's not even a joke they did it seriously spoilers robert downey jr pulls bagpipes out of a dragon's ass and they did it seriously you're telling me uh, uh, you're telling me it's a kid's film that's fine it wasn't really even played for laughs that was the climax of the film that was the third act climax of the film. I oh. just, it was just, I, I was just, yeah. Sorry to spoil it for you in case you. <laughs> no,
1: because I've, everyone's hinted there, at it loads about like, it's all about the dragon and it's all about the biggest thing in the film happening is the dragon farting. And I guess I've never really comprehended it in those terms that you've just Yeah, Yes. So he
0: removes and then the dragon's obviously then relieved because he doesn't have a stomachache anymore because he could fart. Oh. Now. Oh. Yeah. It, do you know what I mean? It's that kind of film.
1: So that, that a bit that's, like, that's
0: a little kid's book yeah it's little kids but it's in amongst something that's so serious that i'm just like what whiplash what is happening i just don't get i kind of really want you to watch it and i kind of really want to watch it again just to like because anyone would like
1: to pay for my now tv subscription (coughs) i will happily watch it but i'm cheap and (coughs) refuse to pay for it my mum only has the basic entertainment package and she will not upgrade and i won't do it myself
0: So if you're listening, you want to sponsor us. <laughs>
1: Please buy Claire and Now TV.
0: I went to the... I specifically remembered the cinema trip because I've got a Cineworld card. So no, I did not spend my hard-earned... Markets.
1: I have a Cineworld card. And even I did not spend my hard-earned free time. <laughs> I thought, well, <laughs> most of the time, I was well, not wasting is, my free time on that movie. I was just like, what? I'm very confused. What's just <laughs> happening
0: in... And, and in front of my eyes but you know what this is why I do a worst rated podcast because those are the films I remember <laughs> those are the experiences so uh so yeah I got to see that on the big screen and yeah I agree with the sound issue mm. that was bizarre it just just wasn't great hmm. so I feel like yeah I mean that was also in my bottom five of the year and guess what it was the very bottom. The, my worst. <laughs> it was my worst film of twenty twenty. There we go. Heard it here first, but on yeah, for
1: months. <laughs>
0: yeah, because <laughs> that's what you guys are really like on your seat, <laughs> wanting to know.
1: <laughs> um.
0: So moving on to another another film that. Um, has actually got five nominations, so they're not too far behind the other mm-hmm. two that we've just discussed. This was one that I watched specifically for this episode. I believe mm-hmm. you might have as well.
1: It is Fancy Island. Oh, you haven't seen this one? Only available now, on TV. So unfortunately, I haven't oh, seen it. it. I would have liked to have seen it. Um I. It didn't look great, but it stars Lucy Hale, who I really like. Uh, She's been pretty mm-hmm. little Liars. She was in Katie Keene. I'm um, also. I'm a bit of a wimp. I don't like. I like horror movies, but I don't like them on my own. So no one wanted to go and see that one with me. Nine times out of ten, when I go to the cinema, I go by myself, and I was not mm. going to go and see a horror movie at the cinema by myself. I think you would have been fine. Yeah, and that's it. I do find that sometimes. And um, but so it wasn't one but that I was risky. Yeah, obviously. And it wasn't one that I was desperate to see either, like um, Midsummer i was desperate to see it and i text mm, like a few same. of my friends and i was like who will come and see Midsummer with me like please i want to see it whereas mm-hmm. fantasy island if someone had been like do you want to go see it i would be like yeah sure but no one did and i yeah. wasn't that bothered to text them i remember seeing the trailer a lot yeah it was really
0: seeing it it was like in front of everything
1: which also sometimes puts me off because i'm like not only have you mm. oversaturated my interest but if you're promoting it this hard is it any is it really good <laughs>
0: just saying just saying we know we know how it works guys Can't i get got the impression
1: us. that it was one of those films that took an interesting concept and by not even the third act by the second act it completely lost the plot is that the case
0: maybe <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't
0: i don't know how much like do you do you mind spoilers do you know wanna...
1: i'm probably not gonna go see it give we can okay. give people spoiler warning
0: spoiler warning if you want to watch fantasy island give us a pause Go and watch it and come back now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fantasy Island. Now I was, so f- firstly, um, nominated for five awards. Those were Worst Picture. Those were two Worst Supporting Actress nominations for Your Gal Lucy Hale and Maggie Q. That was also nominated for, this is a, a, a remake, so Worst Remake um, from a TV series and Worst Screenplay as well. So again, very similar ones that we've discussed before. Fantasy mm-hmm. Island was I mean, first of all, it's Blumhouse. So immediately it's like, right, okay, you I've I've already it's got my attention because I like the content that mm-hmm. they produce. I do think it was one of their let's pick let's let's buy a script, let's option this script. we like the concept, let's put our name to it. But this is not this isn't our insidious, this isn't our mm-hmm. sinister, this isn't unfair play because it was nowhere. It, I <laughs> argue that it's not even a horror film oh it's not scary it's more of a thriller okay to be honest um and that's where it kind of was really confusing to me i haven't
1: seen the fantasy island tv series i don't know if you know much about it or that that they rip off in the simpsons where it's like mr q and they were all on an island and no one can escape the island but they don't know that they're on the island i don't know (laughs) sorry I wouldn't be surprised if they've done something with the Simpsons. That's my biggest knowledge of it, and I think I only know it through knowing the Simpsons, but it was that it's these people who are on on an island, but they don't know that they're on an island, and they don't know that they can't escape the island. Oh, so these people know they're on an island. Okay. I'm going to talk
0: about the plot a little bit, because Mm -hmm. that was my biggest issue with it, and that I think is what contributed so much to it being nominated for Worst Picture and Worst Screenplay. So the concept, if you're not aware, again, if you want to see it, pop off come back these people go to fantasy island it's very like again screenplay is very like where's the exposition guys like all you need is a couple of lines to tell us what's going on here it was very weird in that i get you're trying to be mysterious but i was a little bit like mm-hmm. what are these people doing here who are these people what is this island is this a marketing thing is it's like an events thing is it like a, a pfft? no idea anyway um <laughs> they go to this island because they can experience their fantasy and they're all like oh I bet it's like holograms like I bet it's like this I bet it's like that and then they all go off and they start experiencing their fantasy like these two brothers basically just have a massive pool party with like models and stuff this other girl gets to torture her high school bully this guy gets to he was always wanted to be in the army um and who's the other one uh oh, one of them wishes she'd said yes to a marriage proposal so she gets to experience what her life would be like with a husband and kid mm-hmm. so like it seems real mm-hmm. like i mean the parties clearly you could just put that on yeah but like the other stuff is a bit and like you're not sure it looks real so you assume the high school billy's there and everything and
1: as you that was the bit that interested me as someone who unfortunately was quite horrifically bullied in secondary school and still lives in the same area as one of those absolute cuntbags who and has seen her a few times in the last few years (laughs) oh my god i almost just did a spit take (laughs) 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 wouldn't wouldn't mind if something horrifically awful happened to her she works at the train station if she fell on the train track i wouldn't shed a fucking tear so that was the bit of the film that piqued my interest well, that is not what I expected the conversation to turn into, but
0: maybe we should watch this film. Um, I don't know if it gave it away in the trailer, but I knew for a fact going into this that that girl was the real girl.
1: It did give that away in the trailer, yeah. Yeah,
0: which, number one, please don't do that. It really <laughs> annoys me when films do that. Anyway, so I was like, right, okay, so I, I know that something's going to go wrong here, The This is what side note. This is why I like to watch teaser trailers only. The actual Mm -hmm, trailers mm -hmm. can get in the bin, anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, Melanie, who's played by Lucy Hale, helps her escape. And then, so basically, all of these people starting to realize that their fantasies are obviously like, and the guy who's played by, um, yes, Michael Pena, Mm -hmm. he's the main guy in it. And it's really weird to see him in this very different role. Mm -hmm. He's very stoic and very like, oh the fan- fantasies never play out how you usually expect them to mm-hmm. right so these people are going in not knowing anything about this is happening he's been very mysterious but he's saying it in a way that automatically I'm like right so you're telling me that it's going to go wrong then and I'm like why are these people not <laughs> he didn't say it in a way of like being mysterious he said it in a way of you're gonna get got like anyway so there's little things like that where I'm like okay this is a bit silly yeah so this is all happening it's all going a bit wrong and i'm like okay this was the the crux of the film i understand then there's a point where the character of gwen played by maggie hugh is really upset about the fact that she's living her fantasy with this husband and child but it doesn't feel right because obviously she's like there's not i've got this child i've got all these she gets the memories of the child as well so it literally Mm. is like she's lived that life and she basically says this isn't real so I I don't feel right but there's just there's so much character stuff that you could have done with that like really like deep
1: Mm. uh,
0: theming but the way she says against it was just like I've changed my mind actually because um, this wasn't the biggest regret the biggest regret is that I didn't save someone from a fire and I was like what where did that (laughs) come from it's just like they tr- they had these plot points, and then kind of went, oh, so she needs to go from here to here. Let's just make her change her mind. There was oh. no depth to it, or any, yeah, like, no real like char- like logical character motivation. So anyway, that happens. She then gets her fancy because you're only allowed one fancy per person. But she's like, well, this is my fancy that I asked for, but you've I've you've just done it wrong. And I'm
1: like, that wouldn't work. But okay, we're going along with it. No, like she if then I. Gets- if I get my McDonald's order and it's wrong, and then I eat it, and I go back to them and say, "You put pickles in my burger," and I said no pickles, they will be like, "Give us the burger back." About like, oh, I ate it. I'm not getting a second burger with no pickles. What a beautiful analogy. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, also, can Sorry. I just say, you know, like the the, the the thing of, I'm just trying to be like really quick with this, but there's just so much to unpack. <laughs> the The issue that they're saying that she had with the with the fancies that it's not real. Yet she then goes to say, okay, I want to save someone from being burnt alive. What? So so that's not good. That, that's going to... How is that going to be real? That's not going to be real either, is it? So you're just basically going back to make yourself feel the hero when that person's not going to be alive. Anyway, <laughs> that happens. She can't get the guy out of the apartment. She goes down. Who's the cop outside that doesn't help her get the guy out of the apartment? One of the other guys on the island. She also sees two of the other guys on the island. So now she's like, whoa we're not these aren't our fantasies these are. this is someone else and i'm like that you got there really quick hun like mm-hmm. how did you how did you like join those dots together so then they're like oh this isn't our fantasy i bet it's it and then they turn it turns out they all know this guy nick that died in a fire the guy in the fire was the one that she didn't say it was in his apartment in her apartment building the guy who wanted to be in the army is the policeman who didn't help her the two guys were his Apart, for like, anyone that cannot see
1: my face right now i am beyond fucking baffled.
0: <laughs> she's confused
1: and the girl
0: lucy hale um was supposed to go on a date with him so they're like oh shit with the it's all our fault he was in the apartment at that time or that we didn't get him out i know i know i know claire your face is exactly why i'm getting so far <laughs> So they're like, this isn't our fantasy. It must be his. And then all of a sudden they change their mind and they're like, wait, no, it can't be his fantasy um, because he has to be on the island, but he's dead. So it must be his mum's. I bet that woman who randomly
1: is a character in this is his mum. What? Right. I'm sorry. So you're telling me (laughs) (laughs) that a bereaved mother lost her son in an apartment fire, which is very Mm -hmm. sad. Now, There's many ways that a bereaved mother with anger issues could go in that way. But she decides that one of the issues she has is with a girl who didn't want to go on a date with her son. So because the fact that this girl didn't want to go on a date with her son and then he happened to be in his own apartment that he chose to live in on his own condition...
0: She was meant to go out with him that night. Yeah, and? So he should have been (laughs) out. And?
1: (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. So because this girl said, I'm sorry, I don't want to date you. I don't want to go on this date. This woman is like, how dare you? I'm going to put you through torture. What?
0: Wait, just wait. Hold that, pop a pin in that, Claire. I'm about to blow your blown mind. So they all think it's this random mum who they've gone, oh, yeah, that woman that's working with us looks like she's got the same eyes as him. Fucking hell. I can't. They've decided <laughs> Daisy that it's his... walked off the screen for I a second off. then I thought she was I actually leaving. Her. I walked off. Ha- they decided that it's his mum because they had similar eyes. Okay, fine. I'm still with you. I'm still with you. Fine, whatever. And then it all turns out... <laughs> Bear in mind they're trying to escape the island and all this, but that's not important because this is boring, normal stuff. <laughs> they find out that it's not the mum, because it isn't his mum. <laughs> it's just the random woman. It's Lucy Hale's character's fantasy.
1: What? <laughs> <Yes! laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> I know. So she's actually a right bitch it's her fancy they all know nick she went out with nick once and uh she they hit it off and all of this and they were supposed to go out later that night but then he died in a fire so she got all of these people on the island as revenge
1: because she couldn't be with this guy that she met once <laughs> Including the high school bully
0: who made her have insecurity, which is why she doubted to go on the date with him in the first place.
1: <laughs> oh my god, is this is this my future? <laughs> Ooh, that, I, feel... I mean, that sounds. The like... screenplay
0: award goes too.
1: <laughs> but, like, that does sound exactly like if I was left alone for another year, what would happen to me? Oh
0: my God! What? Well, let's just thank our lucky stars. There's no such thing as a fantasy island, but can you believe that's what the film is? Can you actually believe that it turns out? And the best thing is, is that do you know who saves the day? The high school, the high school bully, because everyone has had their fantasy on the island except her. No, I hate and this her, film.
1: Bullies don't deserve
0: redemption. And her, Fuck that. And, and her fantasy is that. Oh, by the way, Dead Nick is there dead nick oh. is on the island as a ghost um
1: <laughs> and the, the way the fantasy they defeat... is a ghost well <laughs> we well, he's dead isn't he so is he a fantasy not, or, or is he a not...
0: ghost well why her lucy i keep calling her lucy howe Melanie's <laughs> fantasy is for all of them to go to the island and die
1: so why would nick
0: be there in the fantasy
1: Oh my God, I have to watch this film. I'm so you fucking and intrigued. Also, Nick's I've been burned. up. I've
0: been Nick, down. Nick, Nick, I've is, been up. <laughs> Nick is burnt in this, but this this episode's going to go on so much longer than it needs to, purely because of this, and I don't even care. <laughs> Nick is burnt. So he's a, like, he is how he died. He looks how he died. So that's why I'm like, ghost. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, <laughs> that's by the by. We can split the hairs another time. But. The way that the way that they overcome the the island's powers is that this high school bully gets a oh, fantasy because she hasn't had one yet, and she's basically like, "Oh, my fantasy is that Melanie gets to live with Nick forever on the island, and then she does, and then this Melan- and then she gets like, I don't really know, like the ghost like grabs Melanie and pulls her under the under this magical water. Oh, I don't freaking really know. I don't even know."
1: Um, yeah, so I have have thoughts, I have opinions. I I really want to to watch
0: watch, this. I kind of want to do like a special episode. I feel like we've already gone into it so much detail anyway, but maybe if we do, oh no, because technically that was a 2020 film like our worst of. I was about to be like worst films that we've watched this year. I mean, that was me trying to rush through because there was so much to unpack there. I thought uh, maybe I might be calm, but Mm. okay. So that's Fantasy Ireland. So you're saying it definitely the deserves the worst screenplay. Yeah, but I wouldn't say it deserves the worst movie because the rest of it's fine. It's just the goddamn plot is bad shit. Oh,
1: so like visually it looks okay. The editing oh, yeah, makes it sense. Yeah. Acting's fine. I mean, Lucy Hale
0: isn't the most uh, uh, <laughs> right home to your parents groundbreaking performance. Mm-hmm. But Maggie Q's fine. I don't think they deserve... <laughs> Worst thingies mm-hmm. and look, I can't say anything about the worst remake because I've never seen the TV show. Mm-hmm. I was planning to look to watch like whatever the basis of those like nominations were. Do you see what I mean? But like, Lord knows, I don't have the time, so I don't really <laughs> feel like I can weigh in on that. Um, and also, Fancy Island isn't anywhere for free on streaming <laughs> services. So, but yeah, no, not worst picture. I wouldn't say not not with not with old Doulas or kicking about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, So we're going to quickly move on to the film that had the next amount of nominations. So coming in with four nominations was Music, which is uh, the Sia film. Uh, it was nominated for Worst Picture, Sia and Vincent Landy. Worst Director for Sia herself. It was also nominated or worst supporting actress in Merdy Siegler as Music Gamble, and it was nominated. Oh, for... Kate Hudson, worst. So it's got Kate Hudson as worst actress, mm-hmm. and, and, and Maddie Siegler
0: as worst supporting. See, I from trailers looks like it would be the other way around, but I'm not going to watch it anyway, so who knows?
1: <laughs> and so that's why I was speeding through this because neither of us have seen you it. Can... You can only pay to watch it video on demand for ve- not just because we're both cheapskates, but also, yeah, um, but I. <laughs> I think i speak for both of us when we do not support this film we don't support it um, the way it's come where it's come from and it's representation of the autistic community and we do not want to give it any money or any more attention than we already have done so the movies were three nominations <laughs> <laughs> moving
0: on swiftly we
1: have hillbilly elegy Hoobie Halloween and The Wrong Missy which all three of which are Netflix originals and i believe we've both seen all three of them we have i didn't know hillbilly elegy was actually a
0: netflix original interesting
1: Missed it that. might not have been funded by netflix but they definitely oh, it bought was it was like a production or...
0: but it was I a distribution i don't i don't it thing. might have been
1: I don't know. I know it was definitely distribution. Yeah. I don't know if it was funded by, but mm-hmm, it was a Netflix, Netflix original in every country. So I know that they owned yeah. all of the distribution rights. Yeah.
0: Distribution by Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, production companies, Imagine Entertainment. Okay. But yeah, no, in- interesting either way. I didn't know. Do you know anything about, was it supposed to, I'm assuming you would have had a cinema release. I think it was
1: only meant to have a cinema release in the way that like, uh, the Irishman and Uncut Gems did. Yeah. Fair play so hillbilly
0: energy it always sounds like i'm saying it wrong does you feel like that when it comes out of your mouth no i don't know hillbilly why energy seems...
1: i say I it quite quick why,
0: though he'll be the energy yeah it sounds better when you say it quicker
1: yeah anyway <laughs> it's got this is to happens it. when
0: we drink right <laughs> worst director ron howard and we supporting actress glenn close side note also oscar nominated for the same role Mm -hmm. Um, and lastly also Worst Screenplay um, by Vanessa Taylor based on the novel by J.D. Vance which I have a lot to say about (laughs) well not a lot but I have something to say
1: Interesting Do you want me to say it? Well I'll just start In that I found he Elegy Completely inoffensive But also completely Unremarkable I don't think it deserves To be nominated For any Razzies But I also Don't think it deserves To be nominated For any Oscars I think it was A fine film that I had a clear story. I, in some ways, rooted for the main character. I felt like there was a bit too much "I am yelling" acting um, <laughs> from both Adams and Close, uh, Amy Adams and Glenn Close. I, but I, I thought realistically. It felt like the kind of film that had it not have had Amy Adams and Glenn Close in, it would have been a completely forgettable, straight-to-DVD or straight-on-Channel-5 kind of feel-good, hallmark movie about someone coming out with something dark and making something of themselves. Yeah, I think had it not have had the calibre it has in it, it it never would have got any nominations either side of the coin. And I don't think it deserves any nominations either side of the coin. It is a fine movie, and that's all I can say about it. It's
0: fine. <laughs> it's easy. Well, no, I completely agree with you, and I was looking at it more through the lens of Glenn Close's performance itself, because mm-hmm. that was obviously the something big. that was nominated for both. And you're right, I don't see it as an Oscar-nominated an oscar award winning or nominated worthy performance but i think there's a whole conversation outside of that that people are talking about about how it's just her being paid her due which again mm-hmm. is another mm-hmm. thing that pisses me off about the oscars mm-hmm. um, it's not fucking how it works <laughs> well apparently it does apparently it does don't <laughs> mind me um and then obviously nominated for a razzie so yeah i think it's exactly the same for the whole film i personally re- really enjoyed it mm-hmm. um it worked for me like Mm -hmm. like i said these kind of on the nose kind of like making you feel for people by like like being really on the nose and like i don't know how else to describe it but do you know what i mean like just being very it's not
1: torture porn that's the horror movies but it is that like this is
0: poverty porn isn't it really that's it which is which is what people have an issue with and i Mm -hmm. understand that reading about it afterwards unfortunately and I do think it's unfortunately I'm the kind of person that it just works on. And maybe that's because I'm coming from a place of privilege. Well, like
1: I've also noticed having been fed so much poverty, porn, Oscar worthy movies mm. that now when I watch films where it doesn't happen, I'm sometimes a little bit like, oh, but where was the struggle? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, why am I looking for these people to be miserable? Uh, like I see. I'm, yeah I'm like but th- that film wasn't that good because nothing really dark happened and I'm like oh Claire no <laughs> yeah so I understand people's
0: issue with it that's not from my experience I didn't have an issue with it I was <laughs> I actually felt really um I felt really tense throughout the whole thing and it, and that shows to me that if a film can make me feel something the whole time physically <laughs> then it's worked, like it's done its job and I definitely don't think it deserves something like worse screenplay I think all of the some of it was a bit schlocky don't get me wrong but overall it i thought it was like as you say absolutely fine but it is one of those typical films that's like set up to be oscar winning Mm -hmm. and i'm like actually if you didn't do that i think that maybe you maybe people wouldn't be sort of like slagging you off
1: about it very interesting that actually and i haven't looked up the rotten tomato score for it but it got absolutely slated by pretty much every critic um a Mm. lot of it being for what i kind of mentioned of that like scream acting like Mm. amy adams and glenn close just being like so overacting so over the top see that i don't see that it doesn't it i don't know it didn't bother me but i could see it i was a bit like Mm. i was a little bit like i like amy adams and amy adams can do a lot with a little and here she's doing a lot of a lot and i was like her
0: like her comments really like cut through me. Like some of the horrible things she was saying, and there I thought she a did a great job.
1: I thought she did a great job, but I just felt like it needed it lacked a little bit of nuance because it was just like she. Whenever she was on screen, it was seven or above. So I didn't mm. feel like you got the kind of you didn't get to see a lot of the good. You only the saw and the yeah. Um, but I thought she did a good job with it. I thought Glencoe did a fine Maybe job with it. That's
0: why people have a problem with it because it's very much it's so i don't i don't know buy the books kind of what i'm trying to say well
1: when that's big audiences didn't have a problem with it audiences really liked it it was mm. critics that so didn't to like the critics, it. it was like two um, on the nose
0: <laughs> two on the nose and it's it's kind of like the taking the it's the poverty porn thing of taking mm-hmm. something that's really like a, an aspect of this world that's really horrific that people have to Go through this and you know, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't explore that, they didn't explore why these people were in that position, mm-hmm. they just explored these characters. I don't have a problem with that. This is the character's story, but if you're gonna jump on the bandwagon and try mm-hmm. and utilize this
1: whole poverty porn thing, what how
0: is this helping people?
1: Well, do you know what the thing? And I'm only thinking this now, so bear with me. I think the biggest detriment to the film is Amy Adams and Glenn Close. Not because they do a poor performance in any way, shape or form, but because of Amy Adams and Glenn Close being in those roles, you think that it is their characters' films. You think it is the mm. mum and me, film. It isn't. It's JD's film. And I actually yeah. really like the actor that plays JD, so I was yeah, quite excited. I really liked him, yeah. Well, I've seen him in a few other things. He's in a really good film called oh, The Kings yeah. of Summer, and he was, the, um, he was in the Laura Linney show called The Big C and I really liked him in that Um, so I was quite excited to see him in something again I was like oh good I've not seen him Um, and so it should have been his film but because of the calibre of Adams and Close, Mm. they overshadow him and I thought the the boy who played the young JD did a really good job in some really over the top scenes but I think because you have Adams and Close in those roles and they're just such names That you forget that it isn't their story; it's JD's story, Mm, and I think that that the film maybe would have had more gravitas had it have been just as strong performances but lesser known people. So you're not going look at Amy Adams because of that. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. As much as I connected with it, Mm -hmm. from what I understand from other people, it was that hollowness of look at me doing an Oscar-winning performance and that's what people were like okay so that bit's great but like we've completely disconnected from what this story is about which kind of leads me on to the the guy that it's based on Mm -hmm. people do not like him Mm. he is not painted in the media as a very great good person and Mm. i don't know all the ins and outs in order to be able to explain it Um, but there's a lot of issue around the fact that this was even adapted in the first place.
1: Mm. Because I I don't know much about that other than like having... So I only watched this film this week, so I avoided a lot of the... I listened to a lot of film podcasts and I didn't listen to a lot of the episodes on this because I don't like to listen when I haven't seen the film in case Mm. I might want to one day watch the film. But so from what I know, when the the book was originally released, people really liked it. So I'm guessing that that kind of turned Mm -hmm. after the initial... Celebration. Yeah, I'm not.
0: Forgive me. I I seriously can't remember why Mm -hmm. what the issue was. I think it's because I think it's because it's people had a problem with this idea that this guy was just like, well, if I keep working hard, I can get somewhere. And people were like, that's your story. But your this film has been or the book was positioned Mm -hmm. as if Mm -hmm. it's any anyone can do this. And I think there's something about the. The fact of what he does now, he's a venture capitalist, which kind of mm. is like, well, are you part of the solution or are you part of the problem? Yeah. Because basically it's like, good for him, he got out of this and he's become a lawyer, but now he's part of the system that essentially does this to everybody else.
1: Oh, that's shit. Because one of the things that yeah, really I think it, that's what the issue was. One of the things that resonated me in the film with me in the film was the when Glenn Co says Mima says um She's like, I'm trying to give you a chance, and he's screaming, and he's like, "What did a chance ever do for mom? Look at her now." And she's like, "I'm not telling you. I'm giving you a good life. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm giving you the a chance. chance at once. And that really resonated. I was like, "That's good. That's really true because you're told." you know work hard enough and you'll achieve anything but that isn't the case but framing in that way of you have to work and people go out of the way to give you the chance a chance doesn't mean it will happen for you but a chance is better than no chance and that element of it i was like actually yes i like this yeah i'm good with this so it's a shame that the real story has become
0: yeah i think there's just like a bit of a disconnect between it all where you've mm-hmm. got this really and it's kind of like you know when you watch something it there's like a a meta text that's like a film in a film and they do the whole joke of they've glamorized this horrible story into this big glossy hollywood thing you know like in, I, I don't know if you've ever watched how i met your mother yeah <laughs> girl but have i that, watched how you know i met your the mother hollywood, you know when they do the hollywood film of the way ted like mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. stella and whatever and yeah. it's just like and he's the bad guy for a lot yeah and he's the bad guy when they do that joke there's that this this trope in films and tv where mm. they where they see you see a hollywood glamorized version of the story that you've just seen the characters go through
1: mm-hmm. kind of felt like that when i read a little bit more and it was it was that's why i it. say it felt very hallmark movie to me it felt very right. like I don't know how many Hallmark movies you've seen, and if you haven't, please. It didn't let... feel
0: Hallmark to me. It felt I a would... lot more elevated than that, but...
1: Let me recommend um... you my favourite Hallmark movies, but, like, the best Hallmark movies are not the, like, last days of Christmas. They're the, like... <gasps> right, okay. They're the true stories. Like, <laughs> right. the... Re- the really amazing one starring Thora Birch where she is living in a trash can but suddenly is able to get to go to Oxford and it's a true story of this girl who was homeless for four years but somehow like graduated high school and got to Oxford and you're watching it and you're rooting for Fora Birch you're like, yes and, and then you get the really nice title card at the end and you're like, yay, yay that girl <laughs> but when you look at it from a sensible mind you're like, well it can't have been that clean and it can't have been that pretty And Right, yes hmm yeah no exactly so it, it's it's just a very polished, true story not hallmark christmas movie <laughs> okay
0: i'm glad that we cleared that up <laughs> it's a very clean very it's just like i just keep going back to these instances and i can't think of an example but yeah these tropes, when in TV and film, where you see something that's really shitty that's happened to the characters, and then there's this Hollywood glamorized version with a really mm. famous actress. I'm pretty sure they've done it in The Simpsons many mm. times and things like that, where they have this like glamorous Hollywood actress like being really dramatic in the role, and it's nothing like what actually happened. I think that's maybe what the issue is, coupled with the fact that this guy's a Republican. It's you know a lot of people have the issue with this very Trump. Connected,
1: fueled. You know, this is this is the
0: issue. Is that you know he he um, worked with Brett Kavanaugh for two years. Just saying, Um, and like he, I think a lot of people have the issue of this story itself around the sympathy around the, the this community of people is is what fueled the Trump era, which is full of hate. So it's just like. Is this is this film doing? Is this film intentionally good or is it potentially fueling something that and painting something? Not that these people who are in poverty or are struggling are bad, but mm-hmm. is the intention and the outcome of doing this Hollywoodly glamorized poverty porn feel sad for them? Is that the right thing to do? <sighs> yeah, in this it's way, it's that thing
1: of we're going to show the Hollywood elite. The, the rich people who have all this money, this wonderful feel-good story of how anyone can achieve anything and anyone can come from the bottom of the barrel and if they have enough heart and enough determination, they can achieve the biggest goals in life. So then everyone watches that in the cinema and everyone gives it awards and we all clap and we say all we have to do is encourage each other rather than saying wow what a really terrible position for a young boy to have to steal a calculator to be able to do an exam in his class or he will fail his year yeah why don't we look at why schools are not funding these calculators so well, that yeah, kids could do their quite. exams? we're and instead it going to just said
0: before, like it does yeah it doesn't talk about it's just like if you're going to do something like this mm-hmm. to help people sympathize with white working class people which you know is hard for a lot of people mm. given the political situation Mm-hmm. don't glamorize their struggles and make it sound like they like they like you know they're struggling too in the same way talk about the system that is failing them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. show what bad things it leads to because they are not supported mm-hmm. i know that's a different film yeah but i think that's why people ha- are annoyed at this because it's just very i mean ron howard did mm. a beautiful mind right and mm-hmm there was some backlash about how, is he bipolar or schizophrenic? I don't know because I've not seen it. I think he's schizophrenic. And I think there was a very sim, not at all similar in the topic or content, but in mm-hmm. terms of the feeling that I understand, the disc- what I understand of the discourse and the way that people, because remember, I liked both of these films. This is the <laughs> issue. It's trying to like unpack what other people are thinking is that it's just a very, oh, it's just a very glossy hollywood struggle version of this this isn't the reality of what people are actually going through you don't get to feel you know it's just it's just very like you say oh let's give it awards and wow you know these people are really suffering it's like the whole every every film with a black cast and black crew has to be about slavery and suffering Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. kind of that sort of discourse of why and if
1: one slave is brave rich enough people... they can change the system and it's like why is it yes the, why does the black why slave have, have to problem? change why the fucking system? system so all of these people
0: in hollywood who are sitting on their top uh, sitting on their piles of money can benefit off of showing these stories and not helping the situation at all except getting all through it. I think that maybe I'm starting to see that a bit more now with it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, but yeah. I mean, in terms of the the actual content. I don't think the screenplay's bad. I no. don't think the direction is bad, and I do not think that Glenn Close was bad. I don't think she was Oscar worthy, but I don't think
1: she was bad either. Uh, exactly the same. I think, I think technically she was miscast. I would have much rather seen a slightly more less like to note to disappear. At- and I, I don't, roles, for me, she do. never disappeared. I think that was a problem no. for me. She was only ever getting <laughs> nice host, and it, Glenn. <laughs> and it was the same problem with Amy Adams. They, I only ever saw those yeah. two, and I would have liked to have seen slightly lesser known people that I could have believed a bit more. But, yeah, definitely. Okay, so can we go to the wrong Misty next? Because while we're being a bit dark. I have, I have oh, a dark, yes. a dark issue Do with have the Wrong a dark
0: Missy. Take. Yeah, let's so, go to the wrong Missy then.
1: So the wrong Missy has been nominated for four note no, three nominations. So the three nominations for the wrong Missy are worst actor for David Spade, worst actress for Lauren Lapkus, and worst screen combo for Lauren Lapkus and David Spade. <laughs> keeping so, it
0: simple.
1: Keeping it simple. All about them. Now I. <clears throat> Like Lauren Lapkiss. I'm a, Me fan, too. a fan of Lauren Lapkiss. She's been in a few things that I've enjoyed. Uh, she also used to have a podcast called Raised by TV, which I actually really enjoyed listening to. I do understand why Lauren Lapkus as a young actress and a young comedian, would take a role in a film from Happy Madison, from Netflix, and have the opportunity to be the titular role. <laughs> I don't hate David Spade. You know what? I really liked when he was in Eight Simple Rules. He's been in a few other... Th- sometimes he doesn't bother me. Sometimes he's in terrible films. I'm very indifferent about David Spade. David Spade and Lauren Lopkis, they didn't have great chemistry, but most of the film was David Spade that's, hating her. So Yeah, it was that's kind of, of
0: the point a little yeah, bit.
1: Yeah, was that they had a, no a chemistry.
0: Bit. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah.
1: So none of my issues with the film... Of why it was nominated, but I can't be mad at it being nominated because there just isn't an award. That puts my issues in. So the wrong Missy, I would have enjoyed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with the good. The wrong Missy was fun. It was entertaining. I love a rom com. Yes. I love a grand declaration. There were a few scenes where it went too far with like when she's being the palm reader and like the shark chum scene where like she forces oh, yeah, it that in. That went on too long I saw, uh, There yeah. were, there were those scenes. But that's a Happy Madison production. We discussed it in yeah. Jack and Jill. They always just go that extra one point that's too much for me. And I just... But do you know what? For the most part, I could have enjoyed The Wrong Missy. I could have enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. But there are two scenes where she genuinely rapes him. And it's not... It's played for laughs. And it's just... And this is going to sound really awful, but if this film had been made 10 or 20 years ago, I could have accepted it, which is awful to say. Um, mm. But 10 or 20 years ago, I probably could have accepted that kind of humour. But I think we've we've come so far as a society yeah. that this is this film's less than a year old. What the actual mother living fuck? What, what were, were they, they doing? Yeah. So there is a scene where David Spade is on a plane and and Lauren, Lauren Lapkus' character Missy wakes him up by being halfway through a hand job, that's assault. That's mm. assault. That there's, straight there's no straight up assault. And then there is another scene later in the film where they use the same joke again. So not only is it offensive, but it's fucking lazy writing because it's the yeah. same joke. She he wakes up with her on top of him having sex with him. That is rape. It is non consensual. Like, when you said it's played for laughs, like I don't even see
0: how how people who don't who people how people who don't realise that's wrong even find that funny though know?
1: because oh my god this really like, unattractive girl and I say unattractive not in her looks but in her personality yeah, sure. Lauren Lapkus is a very attractive girl but her character is an unattractive yeah. person because she's wild and she's saney and she's really over the top so oh this unattractive girl is having sex with you oh no but she's really good at it what you're gonna do ha 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 <sighs> and that's the joke
0: I still conclude it's not a joke
1: not a joke <laughs> but it's that same thing as like you know the uh, i've seen it on tv i don't know if it was ever a real thing where like in tv programs where they do frat parties where like frat guys invite the ugliest girl out to a party and that's like the night out right like it's that Mm. level of humor and so that's the thing i just i was really upset and when it happened once i was annoyed when it happened the second time i was genuinely pissed off and Mm. i kept watching the film and what actually pisses me off the most is that it could have actually been an enjoyable film. I actually didn't hate it.
0: Yeah, there was literally no need for those two things to be in they there. She could have done don't anything.
1: Add anything to she the film. done something whatsoever. stupid
0: when he was asleep was put his hand in warm water or something as she if like she was world trying world to make cannot, like, him piss like, staring
1: himself. At him. Like he
0: wakes yeah. up and she's just like next to his face like hi hi love or you. Or like she'd like, done something like completely weird like start doing his makeup or something. Like it could have yeah, just been like, anything because she was such an unpredictable yeah. character that it could have yeah. been the weirdest thing. But the fact that they had to go there, it's just like, what, like you say, and it's really bad, but had it been something from 10, 20 years ago, you'd be like, right, well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that was the humour of the time and it was accepted. But this is not yeah. that. As like you say, we've come too far as a society. We are living in a society. And I think the single um, biggest co- thing
1: is that we all know, we all know if it had been a young woman wakes up and a man is on top of her thrusting... There would have been fucking uproar. Doesn't it? it I What's don't care I mean? that it's swapped genders. It's no fucking better. Male rape is a thing. I know we're two women. We don't actually have the like qualifications to talk about this, but it's yeah. just fucking wrong, and it's not cool, and it, it's just it, bizarre, and it, it, yeah, it just it just seemed. Like a really, it just needed one edit, and I'm just like that. Actually, that film wouldn't have been that bad. Like it was never going to be a five star film, but it was a fun, enjoyable time. And I thought, or a lot, how this held the screen quite well. And I yes. liked how they blossomed within the film as characters. And I think, like in my letterbox review, I've like given it maybe one star, and have said this would have been a three star film, but I can't in good conscience rate mm. a film. That has two scenes of assault and rape and plays them for jokes.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's just yeah. such a disappointment, really, that people, I just would love to be a fly on the wall in that writer's room. Like, how could you actually get to the point of even suggesting that? Who suggested that and thought, pat on the back for me,
1: mm-hmm. get a mm-hmm. life? And it, it does, <laughs> I'm it mad. makes. As someone who is a fan of Lauren Lapkiss, it does make me sad because I would have liked yeah. to have thought that she would have... That she would refuse to do that. I don't know. It's it's tough. and um, We're not young actresses in Hollywood trying to make it. Well, exactly. Because what
0: I will say is I would not be surprised if she felt... like I'm not saying that she mm-hmm. isn't. I'm not saying this is an excuse for her or her past, but I also do wonder if perhaps even if she wasn't okay with it... If How there much was- of a voice how much of a voice and how much more consequences she would have faced having to Mm -hmm. try and avoid that. So it's kind of a tough one And we don't know what the
1: initial drafts of those those scenes may have originally been even worse. Well, yeah,
0: probably.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, Maybe that was a compromise. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a shame. Um, Don't know if necessarily... Any of them deserve the nominations, but I, I was can no say longer as the performances the go, I,
0: I, don't, I don't think they were that bad. I think David Spade kind of phoned it in, but I mm, mean, mm-hmm. it's his mate's production company and yeah. he knows it gets paid the big bucks just to be there. Lauren Lapkus <sighs> had a lot of fun. And there wasn't much in that
1: role either. Like Lauren Lapkus had a lot of fun. David Spade's role didn't really have anything to do anyway, he just had Nothing. to be grumpy. Like he kind of yeah. played the role that Ben Stiller played in Along Came Polly. It was basically an Along Came Polly ripoff.
0: Mm, I have not seen Along Came Polly, so I can't. Ah, very I think vibes. I have. No, that's a lie. I have, but I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, I did. Do you know what? For something that for something that was like just a bit of silly fun, mm. I did. I did. I did quite enjoy. It's probably one that's of my ch- more, more enjoyed uh, mm-hmm. Happy Madison. Uh, and yeah, to be honest.
1: absolutely and i would have said the same had it not been for those Probably two scenes and it's Sandler's just not in it. yeah and it, it's just such <laughs> a shame because i'm like you take you cut those two scenes out and i would have actually mm. really enjoyed it so that sucks mm. but while we're talking about adam, talking sandler, about adam sandler i'm happy gilmore <laughs> uh or happy madison whatever whatever it's called um the hoobie halloween which again <sighs> so it is nominated <laughs> for worst actor, Adam Sandler as Hoobie Hallow- as Hoobie Dubois. It's also nominated for worst screen combo, Adam Sandler and his grating Simpleton voice, and worst prequel remake ripoff or sequel, Hubie Halloween. I don't know what it's a prequel remake ripoff or sequel it's of.
0: Earnest. It's Ernest. It's Ernest something. What is? Oh, okay. Um... Ernest, scared stupid or something oh i think okay i've never seen an Ernest film so i don't know and i know it's a very american thing Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. i don't think it had much i mean obviously it does have some fans here but i it was more of a staple in america yeah Um, so i can't talk for that mm -hmm. award no no so scrap that get that off the table
1: (laughs) the worst actor yes because of (laughs) because of the worst screen combo his yes, artist. yes, absolutely. The minute the film started, I was offended. I was like, what the fuck is the point? And also then... Yeah, what is the point? That's, that's was the no thing that pisses me off the fucking most. fucking point. And then also, it just ruined the whole film. Because how am I meant to believe that Julie Bowen, the the um, woman who made <laughs> the love story, would be attracted to you if it was just the case? And that's, that sounds awful, because it sounds like you can't be attracted to someone who's speech impediment, and that's not what I mean at all. But, like, it just... It just felt—I don't know—it just pissed well, me I off. Well, I think it's the way that they
0: did it because yeah. they didn't give him. I think what they were trying to do is get her to be in love with him because of his pure yeah. passion and in and like innocence and what's mm-hmm. the word like thingy for life but i just they didn't go down much like we said with jack and jill they didn't Mm -hmm. go far enough down that path Mm -hmm. for it to feel earned so it did feel like a joke and i do feel like it was played for laughs which is why i think what you're saying whilst we both feel like that's not right to say yeah is what they were doing they were trying to make us feel that way for a laugh and that's not funny
1: yeah it wasn't funny i found it offensive and it ruined the whole film for me because actually i could have been really on board of it i did have issue in that like there were some really fucking horrible adults in this film. We've already discussed bullies in this in this earlier we talked oh my about God. Fantasy Maya Island. Rudolph, Maya Rudolph, and her partner. like, I'm sorry, whatever she does, that she's horrible. But whatever I do,
0: it's just, I'm <laughs> like, <where laughs> she? that's it,
1: yeah. But I just thought I was like, wow, this is really extreme. But like, I don't feel like there are real adults in the world that would ever act like this. But whatever, no, it was
0: very, it was very like, I can imagine. It, it the way imagine this. At the end he wakes up and he is a kid and it was mm. his dream of still mm. being bullied as an adult. Mm. Like that's kind of like the vibe that I was mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. from it. And it's see, I watched this at Halloween, I didn't rewatch it.
1: So I only watched it this week. I actually if, again If it hadn't been for his voice, I could have had a good time. Um, Mm. I liked the the acting. I liked what it was trying to say about like don't judge others and a good heart is worth everything. And I did like the you know weird turn with the the reveal of the mom and the craziness. You know, I I thought it kind of knew what it was doing. The voice just pissed me off. Yeah,
0: like you say, it's just. Was it really needed? Because. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's like, it. I think not only was had it so not much needed in det- without it. Yeah, it detracted from the good of the film.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I will say this, is, this didn't quite reach my bottom five, but it was just one in front of 306 day. <laughs> so number six on my bottom. Yeah. Number six on my bottom. But yeah, I I think maybe this is a contender for worst
1: screen combo. Oh, 100%. But I don't
0: know if it's worse. I don't know if it's worse actor. But we'll see, I guess. When so we my kind issue of revisit with worse actor
1: is I'm like, well, he round. decided to do that voice as an actor. That so that's Adam why I, Sandler. I'm just not... And that's I why I don't like Adam Sandler as an actor because me... he always does stupid voices. I'm like, if Adam Sandler <laughs> just stopped doing stupid king voices, maybe I'd like him. <laughs> just
0: stop. Just stop. Just If you listen, Adam, just cut it out. Please uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I suppose what's probably good now, there's obviously a lot of other nominations, but mm-hmm. it makes sense to maybe like have a have a skim through like the different, um, just revisit what's been nominated for each and, and if we've seen any of the other nominations and kind of like think about what we think might be win or or mm-hmm. maybe is probably the most deserving of this in a light-hearted way of course <laughs>
1: for worst picture we've already spoken about 365 days do little fantasy island and music the only other film nominated was absolute proof which i have not seen Mm-mm. and Me daisy never. has not seen so do you think any of those films deserve to be in worst picture i genuinely
0: think that uh, See, but it, I think it's between, uh, see, I think 365 Days, Doolittle and Fantasy Island all deserve to be there
1: mm-hmm. as,
0: nomina- as nominations. Fantasy Island's purely because of the screenplay, but that's such a big part of it that it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but then I think because of the content of 365 Days and how damaging that kind of is with the whole abuse mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Which we will get into in, in our disconnect. proper
1: episode. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because that is a lot to unpack there. Yeah. That kind of, but then I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. towards the end when it was consensual mm-hmm. um do little however i feel like has no bloody saving grace so it's gonna have to be do little for me daisy's
1: given the award to do Ding 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay worst director we have charles band for all three barbara and kendra movies corona zombies barbie and kendra save the tiger king and barbie and kendra storm of area 51 none of these films are available in the uk i'm not even entirely sure what they are They seem like some weird parody films. We couldn't find them, couldn't access them. So, meh. Uh, 365 Days, Do Little, He'll Be Elegy and Music. So for director, of the two I've seen, 365 Days and He'll Be Elegy, I would say no. I wouldn't give the award to either of them. Daisy, you've also seen (sighs) Doolittle, Right, so I just want
0: to say something first, is that considering the that what's happened with music, I would give it to Sia. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) But as I haven't seen it, I don't feel comfortable. (laughs) I'm just
0: saying, regardless of the fact (laughs) her position as a director and what she's done deserves a bad award. Yeah, um, true, true, true. I, see, I would say 365 Days because they've directed a film i'm a little bit like mm-hmm. you if it was a music video best of but i think yeah do little especially after we heard what happened with him kicking yeah. off and his his behavior is essentially what ruined the film so yeah you win Stephen. that's two Congrats. for two for
1: do little <laughs> we're sorry mel um Worst actor, we have what we've already discussed. Robert Downey Jr. <sighs> for Doolittle as Dr. John Doolittle. Michael Marone in 365 Days for Don Massio Torricelli. Uh, Adam Sandler in Who Be Halloween as Who Be Dois. And David Spade in The Wrong Missy as Tim Morris. So the only other film is Absolute Proof. Mike Lindell as My Pillow Guy. So I believe Ah, Absolute Proof was a documentary and it isn't available in the UK was um, it? I thought it was a Bruce Willis film. No, you're thinking of Hard Kill. Absolute Proof oh. is some weird documentary. Um, and The Pillow Guy is some really weird kind of whole American political drama thing, which we do not have the time to get into today. Oh, uh, he has promoted the toxic plant extract
0: oleandrin as a COVID cure. Yeah, get in the bin.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> of. Uh... <laughs> RDJ in Doolittle, Mr. Bibby Girl in 365, Sandler in Hoover no, Halloween, it, and uh, Spade in The Wrong Missy. Do we think any of them deserve to be in the worst actor category?
0: I mean, Michel Moran, he didn't do great, like, but he did well for the character that he was supposed to be in. He was a good looking macho of... gangster. Boom. Whereas like, Robert Downey Jr., the voice the voice was a choice, and so was Adam Sandler. So I'm going to say no to all of these. I don't think any of them actually, mm-hmm. deserve from what we've seen, deserve worst actor. However, I will circle
1: back around when we get to worst screen combo. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I would agree with those points. Okay, so worst actress, we haven't discussed most of these. Oh, so this the- is going
0: to be good. This is going to be a bit more of a bigger discussion, I feel, this yeah. one.
1: So already discussed, we have Lauren Lapkiss in The Wrong Missy as Missy, and we have Anna Maria Sicluca in three hundred and sixty five days as Laura Biao. Not and then we also have Kate Hudson in music as Kazu Su Gamble, which we couldn't discuss because we've not seen it further to discuss we have Anne Hathaway for two roles in The Last Thing He Wanted and The Witches and Katie Holmes for two roles in Brahms The Boy 2 and The Secret Dare to Dream big up Brahms our homeboy (laughs) (laughs) I've seen both Katie Holmes film and I have seen half of one of the Anne Hathaway films <laughs> so which where would you like to start let's start with Anne okay so I tried to watch <laughs> the last thing he
0: wanted <laughs> So did I. I tried too, and I got through the whole thing. I was still trying to understand what was going on. It was not working.
1: I called it at 40 minutes because multiple people on Twitter, including yourself, said it makes no sense. And I realised after 40 minutes, I had no idea what was happening and went, why am I doing this to myself? Well, quite. Especially because you'd already seen it. So you can discuss it for us. I can't discuss it, Claire. I don't know what (laughs) I'd be talking about. I didn't think (laughs) Anne Hathaway was terrible but I equally didn't think she was good Um, but I also think that the issues I probably would have had with that film had I continued going with it weren't really Anne Hathaway and were a lot to do with the the plot and the editing and the direction and the what is this film about yeah basically (laughs) what was it about can anyone tell us I can't
0: (laughs) what happened no idea what was it what is it even called can't remember (laughs) Much. Pretty who's much. Who's the he
1: in? Who's the titular role? Don't I? Well, that was it. I was like, is he the politician? Is he Ben Affleck's character, or is he Anne Hathaway's father? Who's he? Because no it no. seems to be Anne Hathaway's <laughs> film. So, what are we talking about? Someone wanting something.
0: Oh let's just move on
1: because i have literally nothing to say so i was not able to see the witches you were able to see oh, the witches weren't. oh no. i thought
0: you might have seen it Mm-mm. yeah that was shit <laughs> <laughs> i like the first like the original witches I've because never seen scared it scared the bejesus out of me as a kid i literally remember it being on tv when I was a child, and I was sitting down getting ready to make—do you know those little flake yogurts? When you put the—Oh
1: my god, I still the, buy them if they're on a the chocolate. Like if oh, I'm yeah, having—if I'm having a bad day, like if mm. I'm at, like the worst, worst level of being a human, I will let myself buy <laughs> one of those flake it yogurts. Is, it is solved by a flake
0: yogurt. So I remember sitting down with my flake yogurt. I was like, Dad, what's on TV? And then this—she pulls off her mask, and she's the Ugly Witch, and nightmares, nightmares. <laughs> Uh, since the age of like four whenever were, oh, I last saw it um, and I rewatched it around Halloween um, mm. and the scariest uh, like it was scary and I was like how is this for children? Psych, it's not. Uh, <laughs> the mice obviously scared the producers out of me as well yes. yep. um, but it's a good film it's got Roald dolls, magic and it's um, yeah it's just it's it's a good film like a lot of people like it. Big fan of the book but have just completely never seen any adaptions of it hmm i'd like to know what you think of the original adoption mm. don't bother with this one because it kind of sucks all of the heart and soul out of everything to do with the witches and the cgi is the worst cgi i've ever seen in my life i haven't read the book but, mm, but the films are the basically same. the same as the i'll tell you what's different and what's better about it <laughs> is the backstory of the boy and the grandma um mm-hmm. this is centered around um a young black boy he loses his parents and the the relevance of it being a black family is that it's in um in the 60s mm-hmm. so there's kind of hints a little bit to what's going on there um you see the hotel that all of the uh all of the hospitality workers of the sort of lower levels are black Mm -hmm. and then the higher ones are white and it's just like little bits and pieces and I'm like it doesn't explore that and enough to be relevant but okay and lots of in terms of the 60s lots of amazing needle drops particularly from black culture Mm -hmm. and just seeing and I suppose they're trying to hint at that protective element of like the fact he's growing up in the 60s and the family and losing his parents and having this grandma and Mm -hmm. it's just really nice I'm not quite sure why they chose that Mm -hmm.
1: um
0: but it was nice and I think that they fleshed that side of it out really well and I was really hooked on that Octavia Spencer as a grandma was brilliant Mm -hmm. the the boy's really good he the narrator is the boy as an adult um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Chris Rock does the narration so that was fun okay um, originally in the, in the other adaptation, it's like um, the grandma's like Swiss or like mm-hmm. uh, not Swedish Nordic of some kind mm-hmm. um And tells all these backstories about the witches and stuff. I think that's more like the the book. And the kid
1: is American. That's more like the book. I feel like in the book, the kid was English, but in the book, the grandmother was foreign. And (laughs) she knew about the witches because they came from the same country. And she was worried that they had made their way to England.
0: Mm. So, yeah, so that was an interesting change. I'm not quite sure why they did it. I -hmm. think what they did was nice. The rest of the film falls down. Anne Hathaway is the high which doesn't suit it. Mm. She is she's chewing the scenery, everything uh. around her. Um, and the CGI of the witch herself, she, like my housemates are saying, she looks more like a half like sort of, you know, like these sort of, um, in different fantasy films and TV shows and video games and whatnot, there's like uh, people who are like reptilian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She kind of is a bit like that. And they've kind of tried to make it scarier in that way, but it's all cg the cg is terrible it looks like it hasn't even gone through like the second fourth second third fourth fifth iterations it's like a basic first draft cg and the rest of the the rest of the film plays out exactly how the story goes but because i feel like anne hathaway isn't compelling Mm -hmm. which is yeah i mean like that's why i'm quite happy with this nomination it's just such a shame because she has, like, these really cool elements of, like, her mouth opens, like, the Cheshire Cat, but it's, like, got, like, a, um, what's it called, like, a Glasgow smile when they have, they open up these sides of your, oh. your as torture. But, like, hers is as oh. if she's, like, some otherworldly creature, but the CG's so bad, it just annoys you when you're watching uh. it. So, it's weird, it's a bit disjointed. As I say, things didn't really make sense why it was set in that time number mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. Um, it was lovely to see diversity in the roles of something that's adapted because we know Roald Dahl wasn't the most mm. inclusive of people maybe that's why they did it because mm. number one he didn't like film adaptions anyway so this would really be a kick in the teeth for him but <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, Anne Hathaway wasn't great at all. CG was terrible. So I just didn't really have a good time. And neither did my best friend Amber who watched it with me who really likes The Original Witches as well. Mm. We were like, this is, it's just shoddy work really. And it, that's why I texted you, didn't I? I said, where can we, it's not showing up the budget on IMDb and Wikipedia. And me and Amber wanted wanting to see what the budget was because we were like, have they just like wasted all their money on CG, but also not had enough money to even utilize it properly? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I couldn't find it very easily, so I wonder whether they're keeping that under wraps. Do you know anything about whether it was meant to be a cinema release? Because it it doesn't look like it was supposed to be. God, that would not... (sighs) I mean, I've only got like a forty-two two-inch TV, and if that was blown up on the big screen...
1: I believe it that was one of rich. the first cinema releases that ended up going to HBO Max but that it looked so bad on a big screen it so was bad. originally meant but- to be yeah, so The Witches were scheduled to be released on October 16th, 2020. On October 2015, 2019, they moved it up by a week. However, in June 12, 2020, they announced they pulled the film off of the schedule due to the pandemic, and then they actually decided to put it back to the original release, but on HBO Max. Mm. So it was it was not meant to be a HBO Max original. It was meant to be a cinema release. Uh, Brahms. <laughs> okay, so so
0: Anne Hathaway wasn't the only actress to get two nominations Miss Katie Holmes, two nominations for actress Her second appearance 40, and on our secret, show Dare to Dream. Wait, where was she before? Jack and Jill Oh my god, the fact that I even forgot that she was <laughs> in that film Just goes to show how little she <laughs> had to do Poor Katie, man. Oh. No. She, she doesn't knows. deserve this, really, does she? But she does choose these films.
1: <laughs> Which, according to Mr. Raz, means that she deserves this. Mr. Raz! Mr. Raz! I've forgotten his name already. Um, should we
0: start with Brahms?
1: Yeah. So, Daisy, <laughs> Daisy watched both The Boy and Brahms The Boy 2. I did. I only watched Brahms The Boy 2. I've already like stated, a maverick that you are. <laughs> already stated on this episode, I'm not really great at watching horror films alone. Um, oh, I yeah. do remember seeing the trailer for the original The Boy, and being like, "That is one of the best trailers I've ever seen." That is a brilliant really? oh, trailer. Yeah, I didn't end up watching that. <laughs> I texted you that, um, and then yeah, I I when, the re- when the reviews came out, and the reviews are terrible, I was like, "Yep." Any good horror movie trailer normally means. The, the film is dog shit. Because, um, like, it's really good to make... It's really easy to make a good trailer out of a horror movie. Yeah. Um I watched Bram's Boys 2. I thought it was a film. I wasn't offended by it, but I wasn't <laughs> taken with it. thought it was a bit stupid. Katie Holmes didn't offend me, though. I didn't think she
0: was the issue. No, not at all. No. I so- think this is a clear example of nominating someone because you wanted to nominate the film itself Mm -hmm, but because mm -hmm. you wanted to nominate two films for each act for like that had the same actress in you were like boom let's just kill two actresses careers with one stone and and put them both as yeah because I don't think she does a bad job in either of these films no I do want to touch upon the film itself though if you don't mind (laughs) briefly
1: from the two I girls did. that spent five hours talking about one Lindsay Lohan film, the fact that we could, thought we could talk about twenty-five films in under an hour and a half—yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, we like We've, we've lied boldly to ourselves. Um, now the major spoiler's ahead for the boy. Not that anyone cares. I watched the first one, and I was pleasantly surprised when I found out the boys—the boy was in fact a doll. Um, And I was like, okay, this is weird. I'm vibing. Then the big twist at the end about how the doll wasn't possessed, but it was actually the original kid who is now a grown man living in the walls. I was like, all right, this is interesting. This is not what I thought. It's not just a typical possessed doll story, (coughs) Annabelle. And, yeah, I quite liked it. Now, you go to the boy too. Sorry, Brahms, colon, The Boy Too, which doesn't make any fucking sense. Because um, I'm not being funny. They do- no one is going to remember Brahms. Why are you putting him at the
1: beginning of your title? Oh, I remember Brahms. You haven't seen the
0: first film.
1: <laughs> Fuck off.
0: There's,
1: there's going to be more swearing
0: on this, uh, this pod now I've had a drink. So, anyway... This film is a is a separate story about a separate family, and they stay on the land in the in the farmhouse in the guest house of the big the big house,
1: which is a fucking fancy love- farmhouse. If that's the farmhouse, that's what does nice, the man. real house look like?
0: Well, dilapidated, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, this kid finds the doll. This time, there actually is a boy, <laughs> um, and. All of this weird shit keeps happening. And the thing that pissed me off the most is that this time they decided to go for a supernatural element because you actually saw Bram's eyes move. Whereas in the first one, you don't see anything happen. It's just behind... It's just when the main character... You, you're with the main character the whole time and then the doll moves without you see
1: it. Duh. It's the, it's the man. As someone who had not seen the first film, I assumed that in the first mm. film... It was basically... I've also not seen Annabelle, um, but I assumed it was the same as Annabelle. Um, I assumed that the boy, Brahms, is an evil little china field possessed thing and that he was smashed in the woods at the end of the first film for protection. And I assumed that the first film took place a long time ago and that this film was set in the modern day when new people move there and they find the doll in the woods and they piece him back together... And they re the spirit refills it and it's a evil again, but then you told me that that is completely wrong. Yeah, sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, no, this first film was actually quite an interesting new thing. It was just it was just like the weirdness of the fact that this nanny had to look after a doll as if it was a real boy, and then it turns out that there was a real boy called Brahms, but he died in a fire. But no, no, no. So it's not, you think it's, you think it's a ghost. No, no, no. It is actually the real life boy who's grown up to be a man living in the walls. Ooh. Lots
1: of boys being not boys being in fires in today's podcast. Well Fantasy when? Island. <laughs> oh,
0: don't get me started on that shit again. Um... Yeah, I mean, for for films called The Boy, there's a lot of men and dolls, but not a lot of boys. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> there is a boy. In the second one, he finds the doll. So the doll does get smashed. That's why the man comes out and he's angry. Someone puts the doll back together, which you see in the second one. It's got nothing to... Like, he was not in the first film anyway. I'll get to that. So, yeah, so we see that this is now a supernatural film and I literally was watching it with Amber again. I've dragged her along for all of these, well, some of them. And I've gone, oh, really? Like, because I was just so like, oh, the first one was quite good. And I'm like, right, here we go. So you've basically just undone everything that has happened in the first film and have just put a ghost in the doll. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so the what they explained it. They, they basically back went back and re-explained what actually happened in the first film which wasn't the man controlling the doll to look like it was possessed it was the doll controlling the man getting the he was the 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 puppet was the puppet master essentially
1: (laughs) which is (laughs) stupid
0: stupid. Um, so it kind of ruined anything that was good even about the first film Um, so it pissed me off
1: that's it really I can't wait to um, sell the videos of this podcast of just you retelling horror movies. Just you yeah. angrily retelling horror it movies. It would be like the opposite of
0: ASMR. <laughs> also, while we're on Brahms, shout out to the to the best fan of Brahms in the world, Adam Grundy. He is Brahms' is top Bram's, boy. Brahms is his boy. <laughs> Literally. I wouldn't be surprised if he... Uh, he Adam loves a mask. <laughs> he has when a mask. Maybe we should get him a Brahms mask. Where's your buddy, mate? We'll let, where's your buddy? Where's your birthday, mate? We'll let you know.
1: So yeah, no, Katie Holmes not bad in that film. Not deserving film. of any nomination for that film, and also nominated for the Secret Dare to Dream as Miranda Wells. And I would equally, I'm going to start off by saying equally an undeserved nomination. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I actually really like this film. Yay! <laughs>
0: I would it was just like nice
1: heartwarming mush so Love i didn't it. really like it but i enjoyed it and i just was like why would anyone take offense to this and i messaged you a little bit about it to me yeah. it was a nicholas sparks film it was just that nicholas sparks were wasn't involved so daisy yeah. i don't know how aware you are of nicholas sparks as a genre
0: yeah aware of mm-hmm.
1: so like they're all set in kind of rural most of them in north carolina and it's always someone who's been through some sort of personal tragedy and um someone always dies and there's a grand love story at the crux of it they're all films where a good looking woman meets a good looking guy someone's angry, someone dies, try to do the them. They end up kissing nine times out of ten in the rain and it all ends up quite happily. And if you'd have told me that Nicholas Sparks had written Secret Dare to Dream, I would have been like, well, obviously. It just felt like, I feel like as a society, we've maybe moved past the need for Nicholas Sparks films. But as someone who, at the age of, you know, 15 through to 25... Lived on a very solid diet of Nicholas Sparks films and books. FYI, Nicholas Sparks is an appalling human being, and we do not support him as a human. He's a oh. fucking scumbag. Um, he's super oh, okay. racist. Oh. He's super racist and nasty. Ew. Yeah, get in the bin. Um, but he, and that's why it's part when you then when you reflect on them as an adult, and you're like, yeah, everyone in this film is very white and very privileged. Uh, yeah, mm. um, but so that's why I feel like we as a society have moved forward, and we don't need these yeah, kinds of films yeah. anymore. But at the same but, time, it was a fa- it was a nice film. Well, I I, ha- I had a nice time. It didn't yeah, offend so me. I was a little
0: bit confused
1: because I spoke to you a little bit about the fact that it's
0: based on a book, The now, Secret. The- <laughs> yeah and you you told me this was a sequel and i was like what and then i looked into it and there's like a documentary style film so daisy can you
1: tell people about the book the secret
0: (laughs) can i tell my secret is that what you're asking (laughs) um the secret is it's kind of like the law of attraction kind of thing where it's like like essentially the secret to life is being positive (laughs) okay (laughs) and I so I very much watched the trailer about this guy having like something in his hand like a a manila envelope Mm -hmm. and I thought this guy's gonna deliver the book to her and it's gonna and it's all gonna be very hallmark and it's all gonna be and it wasn't that it was just it used the essence of the law of attraction as something that he now lives by after a near-death experience and I was like oh oh, okay
1: the worst Why? thing about the film, and I don't even know if you can really say it's like that bad, is that the the male lead lives by this role of the secret to life is happiness, which is inspired by this real life self-help book, The Secret, but they never actually reference the real book in this film. But he just only ever talks in positive terms and will only ever see the world in a positive way and so when he talks about like he's like oh it'd be so lovely if i had an ocean view and then magically an ocean view room becomes available um and so like he meets katie holmes's character who is a down on her luck single mother she's been um, bereaved she's a widow and she's got money issues and she just you know life's beating her life's been shit and she's just got a bit of a negative attitude because sometimes life is shit and you do have a negative attitude and she meets him and he makes her see the world in a more positive light and once she starts saying things like oh I have to make a kid's birthday party once she starts saying I can't wait to make the best party ever then suddenly the best party ever happens in front of her eyes Um, I can see why people would be like jog on yeah. mate jog on fuck yeah, off absolutely. that is not how life works but I don't feel like you can have a go at it when like there's an entire Disney company you know yeah like <laughs> 90% right. of films are like that so yeah I don't think you can really be mad
0: it doesn't tell you it's something that it's not yeah the title is the title of the book, and if you know anything about the book, or you simply type it into Google, you understand it's a self-help book, and that it's very new age. Woo, Just the name, uh, the Dare
1: to Dream, tells me well, like
0: precisely. Um, but you know what? I had fun with it. It was nice at the time. I was watching it for some escapism, and as I've said to you, I'm starting to re re allow myself to realise that I love romance films and i've just not let myself like them because i'm like no i'm so
1: excited for you to watch safe haven if any listeners have seen mm-hmm. safe haven daisy has not seen it and she doesn't know what happens in safe haven i have told her there's a twist i just need daisy it's twist. on it's on netflix is it like m night Shyamalan level twist it's just is how say it? i can never it's how i say it Shyamalan but i say it really quickly um it was just, I watched it and was like, oh, okie dokie, you did that." um so dead? Is he a ghost? No. No. <laughs> watch, watch the movie. Watch the movie. Watch the movie. Anyway. And it's a Nicholas Sparks film. It, it's pretty people on a beach. And there's no one other than really rich, rich entitled white people. Because Nicholas Sparks. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, no,
0: Katie Holmes does an absolutely fine job with it. I love. Is it Josh Lucas, Luca, Josh Lucas? What's his name?
1: I think that is who it is. Yes.
0: Yeah, he's quite. I I always tend to like what he's in. Whenever he's I see al- him, he but always plays not... that
1: like you're a nice guy, but you're not the right guy because you're a little bit too nice. But she, he was the nice guy. He was
0: the right guy because he was nice in this oh, one. I'm think, sorry, it? I'm
1: thinking of the other guy then. I'm thinking. Oh, I'm no, sorry. Yeah, no. I'm no, thinking no, of no, the fiance, him. which I felt I felt sorry for him. I was like, it's not his fault. Like. She's given yeah, him ruthless, like, she <laughs> so, giving him very mixed signals. to be She was giving him very mixed signals. I felt a bit also, bad. Also,
0: they, they were together for three years and she cancelled her engagement to be with someone she'd met for three
1: days. Yeah. <laughs> she, oh, we've been together for years, but he's not my boyfriend. And it's like, um, you need to have a conversation right. with him. Like, he,
0: poor guy. So, Claire, do you think anyone on this worst
1: actress nominated list deserves it oh right so we're writing out Kate Hudson because neither of us have seen music so we can't discuss that so we've got Anne Hathaway we've got Katie Holmes we've got Lauren Lapkus and we've got Anna Maria Sick Luca. <sighs> I would say for the second half of 365 days, Anna-Maria Luca deserves it. But that's not her fault. That's the blonde wig's fault. For the fault. second half? That belongs to the blonde wig, not her. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> I have at least an hour's worth of content on that fucking blonde wig for the 365
0: oh days God. podcast. The best thing is, is that I've been using a letterbox list for... Um, for these films to look mm-hmm. at what's been streaming. I'll just always go back to it. And the, the cover, the header image is of her in the blonde wig and it oh. makes me laugh every time.
1: Yeah. So I can't really say it's her fault. The, the wig is the problem, not her. Lauren Lapkiss, I disprove of her choice to be in some of those scenes. But again, we've discussed those issues. So I feel like maybe not because I felt like she sold the rest of the film. Um, and Katie Holmes thought she was fine in both films and not seeing either Anne Hathaway films so I'm saying I'm being I'm, I'm being
0: Switzerland and saying no. um, I mean I would say Anne Hathaway for the witches but I wouldn't say her for the other one so to so giving her a no. half an award I'm giving half an award to Anne and half award to Anna Maria okay here you go
1: for, for the, the Enjoy, long guys. half of the week or the short half of the week I'm giving it to the to the
0: half of the film where she's not having sex, okay. because that was the that was the most unconvincing <laughs> bit of her acting. Um, cool. Worst supporting actor. This is an interesting one. Have we seen? Have you seen any of them? I've seen one. One. So we've got Chevy Chase in the very excellent Mister Dundee. Rudy Gila. Is it Gialani? Gialani. I have no idea Or in Borat's subsequent movie film Shia LaBeouf in The Tax Collector Arnold Schwarzenegger in um, Iron Mask And Bruce Willis in Breach, Hard Kill and Survive the Night Which I have not seen any of those three But I mean the fact he's been nominated
1: for three says something So I t- Hard Kill is on Netflix I turned it on <laughs> I pressed play I turned around to pick my oh, drink yeah. up I turned back to look at the movie and I instantly went, no. And I turned it straight (laughs) back up. I got 15 seconds into the movie. Now, I preface this. I don't like Bruce Willis and I don't like action movies. I do like Die Hard. I think that's the only Bruce Willis film I've ever seen and enjoyed. And I will say, though, I've actively avoided almost all Bruce Willis films and I actively avoid action films. I'm not an action film fan, not a Bruce Willis fan because he does love action films. So if you're telling me that this is a Bruce Willis action film, that's so bad that multiple people have said it's a terrible (laughs) film. I don't need to see it to know that I'm not going to like it. So I just went, you know what? I'm out. And I checked out and off I went. Um, have you, I've seen one of the other nominations. Have you seen, you've seen Borat. Have you seen any of the others? I've seen Borat and I've started watching The Tax Collector. So I feel like I have.
0: An idea. I feel like I'm able to to, to say that Shia LaBeouf is, is not, other than being a disgraceful human being, mm. is not, that, that that performance isn't bad, in my opinion.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So far.
0: um, cool. so he's off the table. Rudy Giuliani is playing himself. So mm-hmm. obviously this is a bit of a joke. Mm-hmm. Because in Bora it's a it's it's a classic setup of allowing disgraceful human beings to cavort in front of the camera and embarrass themselves in their disgraceful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand why he has been um, nominated, but he wasn't acting. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a bit like, I know what you're trying to do, <laughs> but I can't really. In part of me, can't really say him because he wasn't acting but his role in the film was yeah he he was gross um but he's the only one that i can say that is bad in some way that i've seen so
1: probably rudy i have seen the very excellent mr dundee uh which is a kind of uh send up of so it's based on the actor who played crocodile dundee it's the real actor i've forgotten his name off the top of my head it was actually a really cute film. Um, I've never seen any of the Crocodile Dundee films, but I just like the very excellent Mr. Dundee was just like a fine film that I actually just had an honest mm. time watching. I watched. I got sent a copy to review. I gave it a fairly positive review um, because it was just nice. It's like this old actor who he's this old Australian guy who used to be croco- Crocodile Dundee, and he just wants to like live his life and go home to Australia and see his granddaughter and he kept keeps getting into like a mishaps around um hollywood and accidentally like fucking up so at one point in the film he gets set up on a lunch date with chevy chase playing himself um to talk about how you get like uncancelled right <laughs> my biggest issue being <laughs> <laughs> well so chevy chase is a bit of a prick and he got fired off community for being a dick yeah. and he's had a lot of issues and so that was my biggest issue of the very excellent mr dundee i thought it was a really sweet film that i enjoyed and it had like i felt by the end of it like the last scene that like, made me almost cheer i just thought it was so nice but it stars Toby chase as himself who i don't think deserves a platform and it stars john cleese um as a piss take of himself so i didn't like that i didn't like that chevy chase and john cleese were being allowed to laugh at their like oh we've mm. been cancelled kind of persona mm. i felt like for the audience that the film was going for they would enjoy that so i can see why they were yeah. in it for me they didn't they didn't work for me because i just don't like them as actors i d- no, sorry i don't like them as people as actors they're fine as people i dislike them and they were playing Mm -hmm, themselves (laughs) i thought the Chase scene was somewhat amusing because he was showing himself as an absolute prick like he he treats the waitstaff like dickheads and then he like runs out on the bill and leaves the main character to have to pay for the bill and so it kind of worked in the context of the film so Mm. i'm like Does it deserve worst actor? I don't know. But I'm like, I'm never going to refuse an opportunity to, like, boo (laughs) Chevy Chase. So, like, (laughs) I'm fine that he's there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I think it's very similar to, like, what I was saying about when you're playing themselves, it's kind of hard, as as despicable human beings. Yeah. It's hard to to say whether we just dislike you or dislike the role that you're playing. So, Yeah. yeah. I mean, jury's out on that one then, because I don't think we've really seen enough of so the So, for uh, the worst supporting the
1: humans, we would give, yeah, Chevy Chase and Rudy Gianni both awards. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, enjoy, cool. gentlemen. Worst supporting actress, we have discussed all but one of these films, and I still haven't gone on my run yet, and we've been recording for two and a half hours, and my this rant, is rant be hasn't a started.
0: Long episode as we've already discussed the the other four, yeah. do you wanna go ahead with the one that we have not revealed? So we've
1: got Going Coast and Hill elegy Lucy Hale Maggie Q in Fantasy Island, and Maddie Sigler in Music. The last nominee in this uh, in this category is Kristen Wig for Wonder Woman nineteen eighty-four as Barbara Minerva slash cheetah. Daisy, you have not seen Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I right. have not. I'm gonna be sharing my review. Wonder Woman 1984 when this episode gets released as I said in that motherfucking review release <laughs> release the cheetah cut if you tell me I am getting Kristen Wiig as a super villain in a blockbuster superhero movie and then you give me a film that is over two hours long that Kristen Wig is in maybe 20 minutes of and I've got to watch Pedro Pascal fucking point at shit and go make that better make that better do you have a dream what the fuck make this film better the film is a mess it is tonally all over the place it is so long so stupendously, stupidly long whoever edited it whoever wrote the screenplay what the fuck someone needed to go into that film and dissect the shit out of it but don't you dare tell me that any any of the faults lie in Kristen Wiig's performance she is the only redeemable fucking feature of that film and how dare oh the razzies how dare they
0: how dare well I think as I said in my motherfucking review is now my favourite <laughs> favourite phrase you've, that's ever come out of your mouth wow No, do you know what? I didn't even know that you disliked it. I feel like maybe you've, like, I just haven't seen you say anything about yeah. Because
1: it's like, it's just a poor movie, and I don't, I didn't want to like dance on its grave. I was like, it was not a good movie. And the biggest thing being that Kristen Wiig gives a really good performance and gives an interesting performance and then disappears for like the middle hour of the movie. Like, That's there's just, mad to me. There's just like a whole hour so where mad. she isn't there, and then she comes back at the mm. end.
0: Well, I'm definitely not looking forward to watching it now.
1: She comes back at the end with like some really bad CGI, and I feel like maybe they're like blaming her for the CGI, and it's like, well, it's not her fault. The CGI was a bit shit. Well, precisely. But like, she was good and like and like i remember talking to a lot of people when it came out and we all watched it and a lot of us being like where was cheetah like you told us we were getting a cheetah movie that was not a cheetah movie like she was barely mm. in it you can fault wonder woman '984' is not a good film but none of that blame lies for kristen wig mm. so i'm very offended she was the only redeeming feature of that film released the cheetah cut um, <laughs> she, <laughs> I said, yeah, just fuck that nomination. You what you said? No. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like there's anything on here, any nominations that I feel like deserve this really. Mm-hmm. And even like going back to my earlier point about like Sia and just the whole act of being the director on that film, I feel really bad for Maddie Ziegler because she's been put in a position as a young adult that she probably didn't really understand is wrong. Um, So I can't even blame her for that.
1: There's some really awkward um, kind of think pieces on the grooming of Maddie Siegler by Sia because she has kind of been a muse of Sia's for a number of years Mm. now, long before this. And then there was some really awkwardly worded um, interviews where Sia said... Um, oh Maddy cried and said that she didn't think that she could oh, portray yeah. the role and I told her she could and oops maybe I lied to her or so it, like that's that's <gasps> that's my wording of it but it was basically the, the the official quote is is basically along the lines of Maddie told Sia she wasn't capable and that she didn't want to do it and Sia told her that she would protect her from like any sort of backlash and then mm. didn't so oh she's just gross yeah anyway yeah that's
0: is why we are not discussing that film while watching that film well not discussing we're not
1: watching it so we have <laughs> um, no worst supporting actresses cuz all supporting actresses are wonderful we love women <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Women rock. <and> <laughs> um, worst screen combo we've already discussed. It, discussed. It. We've already discussed Robert Downey Jr. as him himself and his accent, Adam Sandler and his voice. Um, there's also Maria Bakalova and Rudy Giuliani um, as on board uh, in Borat subsequent movie film. There's also uh, as we discussed Lauren Lapkus and David Spade in the Wrong Missy. And what we haven't discussed. Harrison Ford and that totally fake looking CGI dog in The Call of the Wild.
1: Have you seen The Call of the Wild?
0: Yeah, I watched it last weekend.
1: I watched it last weekend. I liked I it. I enjoyed it so
0: much yeah! more than I thought I was going to. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> I, uh, i spoke to amber i was like this this film has an animal in might you want to watch it with me and she looked it up she was like daisy this doesn't look very good i was like i'm not gonna make you watch it i'm not i'm I, she knows i'm watching all these films because they're supposedly the worst of the year so i, mm-hmm. I kind of get that that's not much of a draw <laughs> and mm-hmm. i basically just said because it's got a dog in it and i was watching it on my laptop while she was watching my octopus teacher on tv oh and uh so at first I was kind of like half watching what she was watching out the corner of mine and then watching this. But I paused it and I turned around to myself, like, I'm heavily invested in this CGI dog. Yeah. Like
1: yeah. <gasps> what it was you, so cute. One, so it's so badly CGI'd, it's so uncanny. Oh, body, yeah. And you're like, what the hell? And then it gets abducted, but then it joins <laughs> it joins the post office snow team, and That's then you're my in baby. You are bit. just oh. in. It's my favourite bit of the whole film. That
0: yeah. sequence, like. I
1: was so invested. I was like, you've got all the other dogs, you've got the whole like pack argument scene, Ooh, and you've got yeah. the really nice Who's like the alpha dog. And you've got the really nice postal people. Oh my god! Like I realised, yeah. I I actually went back and rewound it and watched it properly from that point. I was like, wait, hang on, I've missed something. I need to like I, I was yeah, in. it was really once, sweet. Once you adjust to the weird animation, and it takes about ten minutes once you're once you're there yeah i thought it was a good film i really enjoyed it
0: and you know what harrison ford whatever he's in i like him like you know he's there for the money but i think he's just got that gruff i'm here for the money when you're actually like oh you though, harrison i
1: feel like there's something here that
0: you like
1: it reminded (laughs) me of his performance in morning glory where he's like i'm an old guy oh my god (gasps) morning glory is a rom-com except that the love is not between romantic leads. So it's Rachel McAdams because is a news is a news producer and she um, There's takes a Rachel
0: over Rachel McAdams film that I don't know about.
1: It's on Netflix. What? So Rachel McAdams has to become a news producer and she um, needs to save a failing news program because they're about to all be cancelled and all lose their jobs. She gets Harrison Ford on as the anchor alongside um who's the girl from Annie Hall? Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. So Diane Keaton and Harrison Ford become the news anchors of this morning news TV show. Um and Harrison Ford is so angry. He's like, I won't do this. I'm a real I'm a journalist I don't do these puff pieces (laughs) Um, and like Rachel McAdams (laughs) adores him and it's about the love between them. where like she's like I adored you you inspired me to become a news producer you inspired me to become a journalist and now you won't you know you're being a dick and he's like young people are rubbish oh my god it's so good just (laughs) that sounds great it's a lovely great. film it's just it's it's no yeah. more than four stars but it's lovely it's just a nice time yeah and it's a thing and he, that's his best curmudgeon role yeah that is him just all over isn't it and but he always plays these like curmudgeons that have a secret heart of gold and that's what he does in the corner of the world
0: I 100% believe the relationship between him and this fake dog
1: yeah me too
0: 100% I was there yeah the chemistry between him and that tennis ball that was on set.
1: Was it a tennis Brilliant. ball? Have you not seen the... Um, oh, wait, no, yeah, it was a person, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I posted a GIF of it last week. It was like a person on, like, still. Oh, stilch. I did Because <laughs> um, it, it was someone being like, you can't call Harrison Ford a bad actor when this is what he was acting against <laughs> yeah. and kept a straight face. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I think that's great. I think they were great together. Yeah, one,
1: one, you, you needed to step, step, step your foot in and just let it wash over you, and then you were in yeah. and, like... Again, going back to Doolittle on who was this film made for, my nephew is nine. He loves wolves. He is big adventure kid. And I think he would really enjoy The Call of the Wild and really enjoy all of the dogs. And also, as someone who, like, is all animal rights, I support any progress in the way of, you know, getting rid of animals on set. I, mm, that's yeah. a whole other topic but you know if we can move forward to a technology where we no longer ever need to have a poor dog doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing It's interesting you say that because so
0: many people are like why did they not just use a real dog and were really annoyed about not using a real dog and I'm like now you said that I'm like that's really strange that we've come to accept that that's what it
1: should be. Yeah like think of those sled pulling scenes that's not fair to yeah. make a dog do just because we used to do no. it should we still make a dog no, reenact it? Yeah. So I'm in support of trying to use technology to do that um so okay. my, my worst screen combo 100% goes to Adam Sandler and his grating simpleton voice
0: yeah me too I think you're He's not very going very for Mr. close behind <laughs> no because do you know what It's Robert Downey Jr I liked him and I think he did I think he did fine it was just the accent whereas Adam Sandler's whole performance was the accent
1: mm-hmm. and I think you could probably say Robert Downey Jr was trying to do the accent to make the part better I feel like Adam Sandler was doing the accent to fuck up the part
0: <laughs> oh, if you, you can't hear that well you might have heard it my eyes rolled back that far <laughs> but my eyes are
1: rolling back a minute
0: I think we could probably skim quite quickly across these last few yeah. um, so worst prequel remakes rip-off or sequel 365 days as a rip-off of 50 Shades of Grey Doolittle was a remake uh, of Dr. Doolittle Fancy Island uh, remake of Fancy Island oh. TV series Hubie Halloween is a rip-off of Ernest Scared Stupid I remember now And Wonder Woman 1984 is a sequel of the original Wonder Woman. The only thing I've seen the original of, I haven't seen the one that's been nominated of. Mm. So I don't really... I'm going to abstain from this one. Well,
1: I've only seen Three, Six, Five Days, Hubie Halloween and Wonder Woman 1984... I think you'd probably have to go for Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, right? How how did you feel about the first one? It's a toss up between Who Be Halloween and Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, because um, Who Halloween offended me in a number of ways, but I don't know if that was its. Re- <laughs> I don't know if it was that remake that offended me. I think Who Halloween is slightly a worse film than Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I enjoyed the first Wonder Woman. I don't enjoy it as much as everyone else did. I thought it was like three point five. Mm-hmm. I had a fun time, but it was not memorable. I've never had yeah. any urge to ever re-watch it, but in the cinema, I was like, that was a cool film. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 was a badly made film. There we go. That's your winner. I guess for that category, I have to yeah. go Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah, you're correct. Uh, for okay. prequel remake rip-off a sequel, <laughs> I have to go yeah. Wonder Woman 1984.
0: Worst <clears throat> screenplay! Worst screenplay! Well, you know what my answer is. Fucking Fantasy Island.
1: So we've got 365 Days, Doolittle, Fantasy Island, He'll Be the Elegy, and all three Barbara and Kendra movies. Neither of us could see the Barbie and Kendra movies. Um, I personally saw 365 Days and He'll Be the but Daisy saw both of them and Doolittle and Fantasy Island, so her vote is Fantasy Island. And considering I did a rant for about
0: 15 minutes on the screenplay of Fantasy Island, I think that's... Uh, Fair. i think everyone knew that that was coming
1: for, for uh, me i would have gone three six three six five days just for the use of baby girl are you lost baby girl <laughs>
0: brilliant <laughs> love it so the last award usually they have like razzie redeemers or something like special but they had the really boring obvious one this year which is special governor's award for the worst calendar year ever You guessed it, it's 2020, which
1: I don't make them wrong, but it's not very original, is it? I mean, they're going to have to do it next year because 2021 is going to be just as bad. Yeah, this isn't any better.
0: (laughs) I just wanted to, now that we've been speaking about our least favourites of 2020, I kind of do want to quickly touch on that. As you know, there is a few of my sort of like my least favourite five of what I saw last year. We've already talked about um, one of them being, was it? Yeah, Doolittle being the absolute least favourite and 365 days. But there was also three who I'll kind of, I'll just give you like a top line, like literally one line reason why I didn't like it. Um, The Turning, if you've seen that, um, it kind of just, it just ended. I was like, where's the ending? A lot of other people felt the same. All the Bright Places has the most irresponsible uh, representation of suicide I've ever seen in my life. And it made me sick to my stomach. (laughs) <laughs> you're cringing did you love it
1: i put that in position 30 of 125 films i liked the film until the suicide thing i thought it was so irresponsible so have you read the book
0: no, of course i haven't
1: right so i had <laughs> read the book right the, in so i my only issue with the film was that it really didn't adapt the male character's perspective as well as it could have done as it's shown in the book and so i do understand where yeah, your he issue didn't is have a perspective he was the he was a manic pixie dream boy yeah whereas in the book he does have a lot more but i can see yeah. how they struggled to adapt it because it really, like it genuinely upset me
0: it mm. really triggered me it really triggered my anxiety
1: i remember reading the book and i found the, the suicide in the book incredibly triggering. I was um, driving around Sri Lanka for a week in the back of a oh. van um, in positive way, not in a bad way. Um, <laughs> we hired about. van. Um, and I, like all my friends could sleep while we were traveling because we did the whole of the country and I can't sleep in a moving vehicle. So I read a lot of books and they all woke up and I was just sobbing like I woke one of them up with my crying. Oh. <laughs> and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, sorry. So I felt like it did quite a good job. I really enjoyed the film. I thought the film was really good. I think mm-hmm. if you'd have read the book and understood it. Mm-hmm. I can
0: understand. gone yeah. in with the context whereas I've not had the context mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. that happened and I found it really upsetting. Yeah,
1: no, I do get it. I do, I mm. can... I've come around. And the other one was the, gr- the Grudge remake. Mm. One word. Boring.
0: <laughs> you can't have a boring <laughs> horror film, sorry. Anyway, I won't go into that. But I think, again, that was generally the consensus of of mm-hmm. that film, was that it was just boring. <laughs> Tell us more about what your least favourite films Okay, you. so I'm
1: skipping a few out that were very, very small, low budget. Okay. I'm only going for my kind of bigger budget films because so. I watched a few for that i was sent for a review that i don't think it's fair to include um mm-hmm. such as ouija shark which you know what is it the what ouija shark
0: that's in like ouija what yeah oh my god i didn't see that <laughs> but so proper proper
1: films worst film Q, uh, greed it is a michael coogan film oh really dog shit just i, I have <gasps> no idea what the Fuck the point of that film was, but they missed it by a mile. To give like, a sucker punch to uh, what's his name of Top Topshop, yeah, but they didn't even really achieve that. No. Uh, and second one is a really controversial one. So I'm just saying, of March twenty seventh, twenty twenty one, I have not yet rewatched this film, but I will rewatch it because I understand that maybe i was just having a bad day. It's the Disney Pixar film, Onward.
0: Oh, see, I didn't rate it that much. Yeah, it felt like a Disney animated film, mm. not a Disney Pixar animated yeah. film.
1: I was so bored that I left the cinema to go and play on my phone. Whoa! I'm never in is- my yeah, <laughs> never. And like, so this is my argument. I'm someone who lost their father. I was a daddy's yes. girl, very close to my dad. I've lost my dad. You were telling me. That a Disney film where the crux of the movie is about allowing the character to have one last moment with their dad and be able to say goodbye to their dad. And it doesn't move me, the most yeah. over-emotional Yikes. woman in Yikes. the world. <laughs> You've done something very wrong. I found yeah. it crass I you found it chris pratt (laughs) honestly it actually even wasn't chris pratt i I found the animation looked cheap i found the jokes boring i felt like it was trying to be too modern and what i love about typical Mm. disney or pixar movies is that they are timeless yeah it's not gonna age very well i don't think i just it felt and I, i i love shrek but it felt like a cheap dreamworks film I was like, "Whoa, why are we coming for Shrek now?" But it felt what, like a, it felt like it felt like a cheap DreamWorks knockoff of a Disney film. Yes, you're right. You're right. I do agree with that. Actually, yeah, um, yeah. So. I didn't
0: feel like it was. Lately, it's weird. Lately, some Disney animation films feel like Pixar, and mm. some Pixar films like feel like Disney animation, and it's mm. very strange. And I think it's just because they they've become too close quarters and their values as companies have like. And yeah. the differentiation of companies have just become too blurred. And I think, do you know what's interesting that I was thinking as you were saying that when I made the joke about Chris Pratt is also the fact that they are Tom Holland. Again, Is that Marvel influence coming in as well, mm-hmm. where I think they're so – this is another argument against monopolisation of the industry, mm-hmm. is that it all becomes one muddled voice and there's mm-hmm. no sense of um, personality or, like, um, style – when one thing is making all of the things that was the last film I watched on my 90 something film journey watching all of the Disney animation and uh oh. and Pixar films and um I had mm. got a bit Disney'd out by that point and yeah it was it was an interesting one because I hadn't seen it in cinema well, I was yeah I didn't see, I didn't catch it in it cinema it was like so one I of the last on, films pre-pandemic yeah I watched it on Disney plus it was in November last year and yeah, it just didn't grab me as much as uh, like re-watching some of the other ones. And then I watched Soul, not that long mm-hmm. after it came out after at Christmas. And that felt like Pixar again to me. So I think that kind of reinforced the feeling I had about Onward. But I wouldn't say it was mm. close to being my my worst by any means. But I, it's actually middle of the road for me. It's 10, 20, it's 20, number 25 on a list of 50. So it's really it's straight back down, down the middle.
1: Um, so How to Build a Girl, which I mentioned earlier, well, which yeah, is um, Beanie Felstein, it. in a memoir that went on Amazon. I just thought it was shit. Uh, the accents were awful. The plot was awful. The script was awful. Talking of um, offensive uses of mental health, she randomly, there's just right near the end, this really poor use of self-harm, which was really oh. offensive and really dangerous, in my opinion. And it just pissed me off. Um, just really, that film was a shit piece of shit yeah. um then so that's free number fourth worst of the year And um, which is a personal one is i'm thinking of ending things i know that appeared oh, on a lot of people's that, that appeared on a lot of people's top of the year and i can completely understand why it's like a really odd film and it just it's didn't divisive, it just didn't work for me at all if yeah. it works for you, it will be one of your top ones. I'm interested
0: to see what I think because I think I'm putting it off because it could either I could either be in, in mm-hmm. either camp. Yeah, and um, um, yeah, I'm just putting it off.
1: <laughs> Acting was good, cinematography was good. It just didn't work for me whatsoever. So, you know, if you like that, more power to you. It just yeah. for me no. Um, and then the last one, which really surprised me in terms of I can't believe it wasn't nominated for any Razzies, was. The rhythm section starring Blake Lively and Jude Law, which is one of the worst films I've seen in a really long time. Aww. And I love Blake Lively and I quite like Jude Law, but they both deserved Bradbys for their performances wow. in this film. Like Blake Lively was so appallingly miscast. Uh, obviously, the legend's bad. <laughs> well, bad because yeah. she was so miscast. She'd no, like, just I cannot express how not okay her performance was she just should never have been put in that position it just didn't work right. yeah. and I even checked because it was a 2020 UK release but a 2019 US so it's like oh maybe it was nominated in last year's Brazzies, right. but it, it wasn't oh, and I don't yeah. understand why because do so you think uh, maybe because not enough people saw
0: it 100% hmm that's the issue as well with these things, isn't it? There's never going to be an absolute answer because no one is going to sit down and watch every single film. Mm-hmm. But um, so.
1: yeah, so that one, that one's the one of my bottom five that I actually think deserves the most awards because I'm just like, wow, like, right. yikes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do. As much as like, I do get it when people are like, I don't want to discuss my least favorite because. I think it's negative and I don't need that. I think it's constructive, like, and I think it's really interesting because it sparks conversations of like, like the, all the, um, what's it called that I said, all the bright places, me saying mm-hmm. how offended I found it and then finding out that something is quite different in the book. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's important for me to learn. Like, so I think it's important to discuss these things. That was 2020. I know we've been on a long journey on this podcast, <laughs> so far, but just briefly in terms of, Razzy winners that have happened before we had a little bit of a look back at best uh, worst picture sorry <laughs> not best uh, worst picture winners and, and picked a few
1: of our favorites however we did notice that we'd barely seen any of them, <laughs> which isn't surprising really there's been 41 awards as of this year so we had 41 choices to choose from and well, I've
0: we have only seen seven films
1: and they'd all been in the last 10 years I had only seen five of those and one of them I had to watch for this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense. Like we don't, other than this podcast, we don't tend to naturally go out of our way to see bad films. Um, I suppose along the way, we've seen what's class as bad. Um, but we're more likely <laughs> to have seen more best because I suppose, I don't know, I, I know that you do um, obviously review a lot of films as well. But I suppose you know I, I like to watch films as they've been nominated as good because i'm like right okay well mm-hmm. a lot of people think they're good let's go for it but less so the worst so yeah. if i just quickly run through my top three i won't spend too much time on them but mm-hmm. number three i know who killed me Woo! um because yeah i mean you can't record like five hours worth of <laughs> and not put it on the top three on what i had to pick from um <laughs> then number two I put the t- twilight saga breaking dawn part two don't remember a thing about it other than scary um vampire baby um, <laughs> if that even was in the first, second part i can't remember and the big twist so i mean the reason i put this in here is because i didn't ever think it was bad whereas the other films that i've seen i thought were bad um, mm-hmm. and what i feel is the most misunderstood uh, trash movie like ever, Fantastic Four.
1: I actually
0: <gasps> loved 2015's Fantastic Four. I don't no. I, I don't understand what everyone hates about it. I really don't. But do you know what? I don't care to converse with you about it. So please don't at me. I can't be asked. I liked it. Leave me alone.
1: My only thing with that is that I think there was a good film underneath it, but because of, I don't know if it was because of poor direction. I don't know if it was because of studio it interference. Production but you issues, can see yeah. you can see the seams, You can see where the right. reshoots, like all you have to do Maybe is look at... Maybe if I
0: rewatch it again, I think I went in, I watched it. I remember mm-hmm. I was at, I watched it at the O2 um, mm-hmm. Cineworld and I came out and I was like, I like that. It was grounded. It was cool. And then I saw all of this backlash. I was like, "Well,
1: that's not the film that I saw." And then I've never rewatched it again. Mm. So, see, I came out and I was like, "I didn't hate it, but I was like, that was a disappointment." Right. Um, but I spent a lot of the film watching Kate Mcnamara's hair because you can literally, you can literally see those. So she, her natural hair is red, and then in the reshoot, she had to change her hair for a different film. So in the reshoot, she's wearing a wig, but the wig is blonde. <laughs> I did. So know you can literally. You can literally watch the film. You're like, oh, she's blonde in this one. Oh, she's redhead in this one. Literally, and so I was like, it was bad. It was bad filmmaking. Is for me the issue in that right, one because okay. of, I'll have to revisit it. I see. don't know who, where <laughs> the think. fault lies, but the reshoots fucked it. I don't know what maybe the car
0: seems to be the running theme with these Mm. films. Okay. So if you need to reshoot, maybe you need to go back to the drawing board.
1: That's it. I'm like, what did the movie look like before the reshoots? I don't know, but the reshoots didn't seem to help in my, in my (laughs) my opinion. Yeah. Um, okay. So my ones, um, same. I know who killed me gets a look in. I didn't rank mine. Um, but I know who killed me gets a look in again lohan hello and okay. um, and then i went for transformers a render of the fallen because i like the transformers <laughs> films i'm sorry i have a fun time I get at the cinema overload i get sensory overload <laughs> with the action i have no
0: idea what part of the robot car i'm looking at <laughs> and quite frankly i don't care either so i like the see films, i think um, i'm
1: the same but but positive i'm like i don't care what i'm looking at <laughs> i just let it like wash over me i'm like Explosion. A really
0: funny Good Place joke that I've seen. I'm watching the Good Place for the first time. But someone in the Bad Place puts on a new aftershave or like deodorant spray, mm. and it it's called Transformers. And and they go and he goes, it smells like how the films make you feel. And then when he meets someone who one of the humans, and the human goes, mm, why do you smell loud and confusing? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I get
1: it. Shia LaBeouf as a person is terrible. As an actor, I enjoyed him. Uh, Megan Fox, love. Yeah, I had a good time at the cinema. Um, And then my last one is another misunderstood classic. It is Showgirls. Um, Wow, what a film! I only watched it. it. I watched it the first time last year in the middle of the pandemic, and I was just like, wow, that was a film. Like good. Good lord, stuff happens. Well <laughs> done, clap clap. You, <laughs> wow, clap clap. <laughs> fair play. Yeah. Oh
0: my god, I need to stop saying that. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um.
1: Really yeah. For fair, fair play. Showgirls is um. They committed. Ooh. Can't fault it. I mean you could have thought it a lot, but, but you really yeah, can't. Many, you? many people have, but <laughs> <laughs> well, there
0: we go. Yeah. Like I might like, um you know what I'm like? I'm like masochistic. I'm looking at this list going, hmm, maybe I should give it. and I'm sure we will come across i d I'm interested actually, I might look afterwards and we should post on Twitter how much how
1: many of these winners are on our list. I would definitely say though, do do give Showgirls a go. It is fascinating. This is the direction they chose. Choices. And Carl McLaughlin of Blue Velvet and the Flintstones is also in it. So, you know, Carl McLaughlin, unofficial sponsor of our podcast. It's coming back to Lynch, doesn't it? (laughs) No, not Lynch, just because
0: it's actually a Lynch podcast. So, there we are, The Razzies. The worst films, according to The Razzies, of 2020, some of our least favourite films, and some of our favourite Razzie nominated and winning films. (laughs) What is that one out? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we, we've run out of steam now and to be fair we have been watching two weeks worth of bad films so I think we deserve uh we deserve to watch some good films now maybe
1: nah <laughs> According to bad. the academy he'll be the is a good film and Borat <laughs> yeah well were, I mean I loved Borat
0: too like genuinely I was like this is this is brill but it's part I, it's brill because it's a social experiment more than the film itself that was our Razzie special episode. We'd love to hear if, if any of you guys have seen any of these films, what you think about the awards in general. I know if we've been sp- speaking to a few people about that already. And yeah, what, like, what you think about these, whether they should be nominated and whether, whether you think the award should take place at all and whether Glenn Close will win both best and worst for her performance. We are on the edge of our seat. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WRatedPod and on Letterboxd at WRated. Claire, where can we find you on socials? Uh, Claire Ellen Hope, Claire without
1: an I. <laughs> you sounded like you were going to say something else. Sorry
0: and you can find me at daisywick edwards on twitter and daisy victoria edwards on instagram and letterbox thank you so much for tuning in again thank you for sticking with us for this special episode if you enjoyed listening to um, our podcast please do give us a follow or subscribe and if you're feeling generous a rating and review as well and um, please join us um, on our next episode where we will be diving back into the bottom um, rated 100 with a new worst rated film and another special guest see you then Bye-bye, baby girl. Are you lost, baby
1: girl?